GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. It's 1159 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. It's 11.59 at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now... Friday, Firearms Technology and the Gun Industry. On Friday's show, it's not just the new gizmo or latest model. We talk about companies, the industry, where we came from, and what's next in materials, technology, and design. All right, welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. Going to be live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and I'm moving this show to not midnight because I don't like doing it and getting after-corked. And we can do it at a reasonable hour now and not have to be rushed, right? We're not getting after-corked. So uh, this is the wrap-up of the week. Throughout the week, we uh, post the stuff into the description of this video. So if you're watching this live on YouTube, welcome. We had a DJ showing up earlier. I think he's out there right now. G23 is out there also. Good afternoon. How come some of these are in green and some of these are not in green? What's up with that? And then uh, Woods is out there also. Good evening. Uh, in the description of this video throughout the week, you can find the stuff that will be featured in the video. However, on uh, later in the week, what I like to do is shove it over here to Instagram no, not Instagram, to Patreon, because Patreon is our blog, and that is where we can put better formatting in. And once I zoom in on it here, you'll see what I'm talking about. So what we're going to do is look at the weekly wrap-up. However, we're going to do that over here on Patreon, and you can follow along over there, because there's pictures, and I can put in formatting and stuff. It's way better. Uh, or just follow along over here on YouTube. One thing we are going to put over here on YouTube, however, is the poll. So there is a special treat for people that showed up to watch live. Right? And the poll is going to be the same one that we always put out. How was 2A this week? Good night, people's idea of how the 2A was. Good week. Well, let's say great week. Great. Uh, nope. Okay. There we go. Brain wasn't working there. So great week for two A. Uh, good week. Or 
Okay, week four, two A. Gotta get week in there. Or bad week. All right, so we're gonna put that up as a poll and curious to see what people think if we were to head over to the main channel, the big channel, youtube.com slash gun websites, and open it up over here and, and scroll down just a little bit. What you'd find is I put a poll up for everybody over on YouTube earlier today. Did say five hours ago? So we got 45 votes in those five hours over there. I don't want this to taint your vote. So don't be tainted by this if you're watching this live. But they're worried about this week. They say it's a bad week for 2A. And uh, some people said it was a great week. Some people said it was an okay week. Almost no one said it was a good week. What's up with that? So we'll be watching the poll, give people a chance to vote on it. Everybody who shows up is welcome to vote in the poll. Uh, PA Reloader is showing up. Good afternoon. Well, I guess it's good evening for most people. All right, so then we'll dig into the weekly two-way wrap-up. The weekly two-way wrap-up for this week. Uh, let's see. I wrote, like I say, I've kind of put this over on uh, Patreon, and I clean it up. I've been, I, I set it up during the week over here on YouTube in the description of this video that we're watching, but then closer to, you know, now later on in the week, I will move it over here. And that's when I try to summarize the week. It's been an interesting week, right? We live in interesting times. We live in 2022. I don't know. Pick a date, pick a year when you'd rather live besides 2022. I'll wait. Want to live in 1980s? Want to live in the 90s? Want to live in the 2000s again? Or 2010s? I mean, with the knowledge you have now, living in one of those times, you might be able to make some money. But aside from that, we live in 2022. So this is a pretty good week for 2A. We've had attacks. We've had more than one fight ahead of us. Or we have more than one fight ahead of us. We have more resources, more experience, and more participants than we've ever had before. And that's the part that I suspect is not getting addressed out there. So while we have more resources and experience than we've ever had before, we have almost all the experienced and resourceful people that have been here before. And if they don't acknowledge that there's new people here, they're either stupid because they're not looking and they're literally not looking. They're there. You know, the new people are there or they're intentionally not looking at those new people. I'll leave that to you because I don't pay attention to them. But we, yes, we have a couple of attacks right now and we have more than one fight ahead of us. But tell me a time in the world when there was not fights ahead of us. I don't want to live in a time when there's not fights ahead of us because that's fake. You don't have a time without fights ahead of you. So we live in a healthy time. We live in a time when we have an adversary that we can see. Well, you know who the adversary is, and they're feeble. And we also have more resources, experience, and participants than ever before. And I have not seen much. Well, the stuff that we'll talk about here will be about the closest, the most adjacent thing to people paying attention to this. 
but we don't really get a focus on that. And unfortunately, we don't get a focus on that from our national level organizations, and that's a shame. So the next part is communication and awareness are working to inform and unite the gun community. And even when I just got done saying that there's people out there that are experienced and they're using their resources to ignore or to capitalize on this. I just don't want to say capitalize because that almost makes it sound good. They're going to use their resources and their experience to exploit this situation, right? Yeah, fuck them. But they still are out there and informing and uniting. Sometimes you get informed by getting poison ivy and itching the rest of the day. Sometimes you get informed by losing your money to some kind of scam artist. Hopefully it's not $16 million like we get ripped off as a community, right? But hopefully it's, uh, you know, you learn a lesson in a small way and you'll grow from that. So even the worst stuff that's out there is still contributing. And then, of course, the awesome stuff is what we're really talking about here. The, the stuff that's reaching in new directions and new ways in new methodologies with new technology, that stuff. Is just amazing right now attacks that intend to shatter us could just as easily strengthen us they're not they are not going to strengthen us unless we make it possible but every single attack they're throwing at us is an opportunity and anybody who's not paying attention to that is either intentionally not paying attention to that or they're not trying to talk about it I'll quit talking about that, but that's why I say this was a great week for 2A. So every second matters. It was a pretty decent one. I don't think I put that in here, but I'll start it out with that. We had a pretty decent one last week, last week, year, months, whatever, was better. But uh, whatever, we did some work over there. I'm not going to waste time in here, but there's a whole nother video. Oh, wait a minute. I killed that video. I guess I have to waste time in here. I spent an hour or so, half an hour, no, an hour, I think, altogether, updating the uh, every second matters channel over on youtube and then i did that live and then i killed the video because it was basically just uh, maintenance but uh check it out if you want the uh every second matters youtube channel now has uh, a front page that's organized by years so if you're aware of any every second matters stuff that's missing let me know so that i can log into that channel tag it and get it where it needs to be to be organized in there. So the idea is that the Every Second Matters YouTube channel will be a reflection of how broad, diverse, and and uh, how long the Every Second Matters project has been going on. And with how many people, you know, are participating in it over the years. Uh, let's see. So with that, we're going to get into the best stuff that happened this week that's focused on to what our Second Amendment protects. Uh, usually the first thing that happens after this show, which happens on a Saturday evening or night like this, because now this show is going to switch to 9 p.m. my time, which is midnight Eastern, the same time as the rest of the week. I used to try to put it earlier to play around with the time slot, and it's a waste of time, as I mentioned earlier, getting after corked. Creepy. I don't like it. So we're going to just move it to midnight. Give us some feedback if you want, but it's moving to midnight. All right, the next thing is that's going to happen after this is nothing because nobody's got the cojones to broadcast over the evening on a regular basis. So the next thing that'll happen is Travis doing caliber corner. I think he does do some in second amendment stuff, but typically he's looking at toys and tools in the morning. Then we'll do ask gun questions in the uh, afternoon tomorrow. 
which we've been doing for a while now, bring people together who've been gun owners our whole lives and just answer whatever questions come up. Tomorrow, we're focused on the 22 long rifle. But then uh, the, really the only thing that's focused on anything worthwhile after this show will be suicide prevention Saturday. So it's the first thing in the list every week because it's the first thing that happens of any significance after this show. But in my opinion, it's one of the most important efforts we've got going out there right now. Everybody, especially right now, nobody wants to hear this, but especially right now, everybody's emotional on both sides. Guess what? Everybody's emotional on both sides right now. And nobody wants to hear nothing right now. They're emotional. The, the, there is a change in the, the narrative. There is a change in the responses to the concerns and the responses to the accusations and the responses to the persecutions that are happening this year or this time around, I should say, that have happened every single time around. There's nuance. There's change there. But subtle and, you know, it's not always good, right? You can see silver linings. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But the silver lining in the bigger picture, the 30,000 foot view, the bird's eye view, is the consistent efforts that go on over time through times of stress, times of apathy, times of concern, times of lack of attention and complete loss of attention. And Brooke is one of the people that do a massive project on that front and in that way. So the Suicide Prevention Saturday is a long time project that consistently focuses on preventing suicides specifically well not specifically suicides period suicides make up two out of every three firearms deaths now there are other suicides for sure and we want to prevent all of them if possible so reducing the barriers to mental health access and awareness and uh destigmatizing that kind of thing our efforts uh that are giant right those are important big things that would be more than what the state can do, more than what culture can do, more than what any individual can do for sure. But a consistent focused effort on it allows us both to have a lot of brains thinking about it constantly and having a collaborative uh, mix of information, you know, in a, in a place that we can bring it. You know, if we got something, a question, we have something we want to bring to the group. There's a, Brooke has created a place for that environment. Uh, but then also the idea that you open your 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 perception of how the the conversation about firearms can be, and if we can have a conversation with someone who's convinced that our property is the cause of all problems, and by removing our property and others like it, things would change. We can have more effective communication with people who come from that angle, uh, and one of the ways to do that is by stepping away from what they're attacking us with and coming up with some common ground, coming up with an alternative strategy to have conversation. And one of those ways is to actually prevent deaths. And that would be to prevent suicides. And doesn't matter what the suicide is with or how it happens or why, but instead work on the root causes to the whole thing. And if we can uh, do that, then we solve a lot of issues and then on our side, we can uh, reduce some of the numbers that are used against us. So again, that's something that's difficult to talk about for a lot of people, and it's not interesting, and it's certainly not fun and exciting. And 
Brooke has been focusing on it for a long time, and I'm happy to have been to have found it a while back and to be able to help uh, promote it. And for those reasons, I put it at the top of this list every week. Uh, there's a lot of awesome stuff that we're going to be talking about this week, but very few of them are as consistent and as valid as Brooke's effort over here. All right, so uh, last week it was called Just One More, and I honestly don't remember. I didn't put any link uh, notes in here. I think I watched it. I don't think I didn't watch it, but I don't remember. I didn't put notes in here. I also thought it was going to be after Cork, so I know I have to be really fast whenever Gizzard is right after this show. He doesn't tolerate anybody taking too long. So next we get to Wilson Combat's channel, had Masada Yuban with Mrs. Wilson, Joyce Wilson, which is the wife of, what's his face, Wilson, and Bill Wilson, yeah. And they were talking about the uh, IDPA, the uh, kind of the creation, uh, the origin story, and then the reason for it, like the focus of it. Uh, IDPA came along after IPSC, and same some of the same people created both, but IPSC got really gamey. It got really into sports, and you had to pay a lot of money, and you had to have fancy guns in order to actually succeed in the competitions. So uh, it also got so fast that it was kind of conflicting with people that wanted to just practice or run through scenario training. So that's sort of the impetus some of the reason for idpa and this is uh, about 15 minutes 12 minutes of those two talking they're obviously good friends and a really good conversation and it's interesting so it's a well done conversation and they're talking about something that's interesting so you're going to like that one either way then we got moss again talking about the armed citizens legal defense network so there are a couple of different options for personal protection personal legal protection when carrying a firearm. And each of those is a little bit different from each other. I've spent some time earlier this year putting together some information and I'll talk about that, I guess, in a second here. But uh, during that, we talked about Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network and uh, because that was not necessarily timely, but you know, now a couple of months later, uh, they were at the NRA annual meetings and exhibits and one of the exhibits was the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. So they were set up there. They were ask, offering, you know, answering questions, I'm sure, to people. They offered a couple of different videos that they posted at the event, though. And uh, this was the, uh, the good one. So it's only 10 minutes long, but it's uh, the some of the main uh, origin, or what do they call them, the founders of the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network, ACLDN. And they talk about what it was about, why, and since it was the first of the, what people generally call CCW insurance, even though they're not, none of them are really, or few of them are really insurance. They're mostly other things that just generically get called insurance. Uh, Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is definitely the farthest from insurance, but it's still in that realm. And they talk about how being the first and most unique of them and uh, it's a good video so worth checking out and i'll definitely be adding it to the page over on uh, minuteman university where we uh, uh try to you know help people decide what they're going to choose over there or if they're going to choose any of them honestly we're not selling them to you so you can buy them if you want or not 
Uh, let's see. So Wesley's out there doing the watch later. Thanks for that. Said he does that, especially on these late shows in case he falls asleep so that he has it in his list. It's a good strategy. Appreciate it. It helps with the uh, mechanisms that all the bells and whistles that work underneath of this whole system to make it all work. That makes them realize that people appreciate this enough to want to be reminded about it. Uh, which channel? Oh, I see. That's a good question. Most people are probably on the main channel, but that there's... I don't know how many people are out there. Maybe that's one of the reasons it doesn't show up when I do broadcast dual broadcasting. Most of the time, there's no reason to be on one channel or the other. Sometimes there's Easter eggs. Sometimes there's a benefit to being on one channel or the other. You never know, because I don't always plan it. So that's just one of those things. It makes the world more fun if you don't know what's going to happen when you go to a live show. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. G23 says, every second matters, falls on a Saturday in July. Are you going to host it? Is that what you're trying to say? Then we got Gunmetal Guy saying, um, dual wheeling my chat revolvers on both chats. Oh, nice. Well, that's the way to cover both bets. Oh, look, that came through on both chats. Nice. Woods is saying the they did that. Uh, uh, that. They did update that. They are still fighting to be in Washington State. Weird that they are based in Lewis, Washington. Uh, well, they started out in Washington, and your state changed around them. So, you know, blame somebody else probably. But uh, no, that's, you know, the world changed around them. But to give them kudos, I guess, for not booking out of the state just because the state's being a jerk. Um, have no idea what that's supposed to mean. DJ's typing in weird letters with at signs. And then, oh, that's supposed to be Gunmetal Guy USA. Then, how do we know if I'm on one channel or the other? Well, it depends on what channel. It'll say, technically, it'll say it down here, right? When you're watching a channel, it'll tell you down here what channel you're on. So if you're on a telephone, this will just be way down somewhere, underneath of underneath of underneath some stuff. Uh, that's the easiest way. Otherwise, well, that's the only way you're going to know. The pole is only on one side. So if you see the pole, if you can see the pole, you're on the main channel. If you can't see no pole, you don't know what I'm talking about, and you don't see me flipping this thing down and up all the time, then you're probably on the actual Daily Gun Show channel. Which one's better? There's no way to know. G23 says, yes, I will host. So it sounds like he's hosting Every Second Matters next week, next month. Right on. Be on for a minute and play a commercial. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions.
Damn it. How long has it been muted? I guess I should look over here more. So I guess it was muted from this. Son of a bitch. So how long has it been muted? Somebody give me some feedback. DJ said that at 926. Dang it. It's been like five minutes. I was basically saying gun shops are super good. I said it in a really good way. And I also had said about a really interesting way that you could win prizes. And you didn't have to do anything. It was perishable. You had to do it right then. But basically had a really interesting Barrett 50 and like 700 rounds of ammo for it. A thousand rounds of Rufus 50 BMG ammo was going along with it. It went on a four wheel drive little tractor thing. I don't know, it was brand new, but it was like some sort of Yamaha four wheel drive thing. I didn't keep track. That was underneath of it. And then it had a little trailer with a tent and a cooler, one of the fancy coolers, some sort of generator. It was some sort of little bug out kit, I guess. But, uh, you know, that was, we were giving that away. But don't worry about it. That's, you missed all that. But, Anyway, now it's it's not muted anymore, so we can keep going. So gun shops are pretty good, and I had said about how awesome gun shops are and that uh, it's worth appreciating gun shops and that we're about to talk about a couple of gun shops that I appreciate, and let's dig into it. Dang it. So, yeah, that's a good way to get thrown off of a live show is to mute yourself for like six minutes and not have any idea where to step back into wherever you were at. So what I'm doing is attaching my cell phone, which is Android. Wait, what? Which is an Android phone to the thing on an LCD on unlimited, not a PC. So I'm getting a different screen. Oh, I see what you're doing. So your phone, which has uh, internet to a TV and then looking at everything on the TV. I have no idea when you do that, if you're looking at like some kind of weird TV app or if you're looking at, you know, like a real browser. So that's a good question. I don't know either. So this doesn't help me, DJ. So I appreciate you are probably saying mute, but until I stopped looking at the, or start, I started looking at the screen, I didn't know what that was. Can you see on my screen? I can't see shit. It looks like a little, I don't know what the hell it is. It doesn't look like anything. So yeah, I couldn't tell what that was supposed to be a mute. So just write in mute. By the time it took you to click it, I imagine you could have just typed in mute or you're muted or something. But anyway, thanks for the heads up. I do appreciate it. Um, and that's one of the dangers of doing stuff in the middle of the night. I know a lot of the people, one of the reasons I like doing this in the middle of the night is because I know a lot of the people that uh, are my Patreon, people that support the projects that I'm working on uh, are shift workers, people that download the shows at some other time. They don't listen to it live and then listen to the long format show. I get feedback occasionally that people appreciate the long format stuff so that they got something to listen to that's you know authentic or whatever. But um, also people that work overnight, the people that are resetting the world, the people that are cleaning up everything for all the people that take all that for granted and uh, lets me rant because I don't have anybody going after me after cork and me so i ranted a little bit there on gun shops and how great they are and some uh i think i was saying something to the effect of and if i'm repeating myself i guess you'll just have to deal with it something to the effect of been to a lot of gun shops in my travels and in tucson we have something like 16 of them however you know most places probably don't have that many i think there's some city centers that have more but 
most places probably have fewer than a couple. Most people probably have fewer than five gun shops they can jump in on at any time and, and hang out at. And um, uh, if that's the case, even if you're not a big fan of the gun shop, uh, it's worth going in and saying, hey, what's happening? What's anything new? And just being friendly. Uh, unless they're real jerks, which I understand. I've definitely been to shops that are real jerks, and I wouldn't recommend going into shops that are real jerks. And I'm pretty sure, even if you've heard this, I'm going to say it again. There's this one shop in Tucson here that owes me 350 bucks, and I'll take every opportunity I can to mention that. So I'm not going to go into that guy's shop and spend any money, and I'm not going to recommend anybody else go into that guy's shop and spend any money because he owes me money. But everybody else, even the people I'm not the fan of their shop or whatever, Going in and saying, hey, and then maybe buying something, buy some earplugs, buy a little something here and there, a little impulse buy stuff next to the counter. Usually has some pretty good markup. Uh, I was going off on how gun shops don't really make any money. They don't get a lot of uh, overhead on their items. Most of us know exactly the wholesale and everything and how much we're willing to spend on overhead or, you know, markup. And you know, if they're lucky, they're selling some holsters or some other kind of uh, accessory or part that gives them a little bit of uh, markup so that they can stay in business, pay for the electricity and the insurance and the employees if they have them and the temperature control in the building, which is probably expensive, the building itself or taxes, and then the regulation. And I guess with all that being said, I guess I was saying, let's appreciate those shops for what they do and what they go through, even if they're not the ones that we hang out in. Uh, if for nothing else, even if you just want to be selfish about it, your shop would be empty if that other shop wasn't there. Somebody goes to that shop. Somebody likes those people. Even if you don't like them, somebody's interested in the guns over there and they're buying their nine millimeter over there and not at your shop. So we need a lot of shops. So I like the idea of uh, just championing shops. Uh, if you're near one, even if the reason you don't go to the shop or maybe the reason you don't go to the shop is because it's nowhere near you. But Finding an excuse to drop in when you are by nearby is uh, something to keep in mind. All right, that was just my rant now, now twice, once with the mute and once without the mute, and probably an abbreviated version of my rant, about how gun shops might suck, but they are either the bones or the muscle. They're some sort of integral part of our community, right? We need these gun shops. Let's appreciate them. I think the last thing I said it somewhere in there was, if it was a Instagram post from a shop that you didn't like all that much, you're still going to probably give it a thumb up because why not? Who cares? It doesn't cost you nothing. Right. And it's given that shop some encouragement, maybe a little feedback, right? A little insight as to whatever, maybe they were asking a question and you helped answer it or you participated in a poll that gives them some help. You do the same thing in real life. Why would we drive by a gun shop? without ever even stopping in, if, unless it's completely impossible in your schedule or your lifestyle to be able to pop in. Even if you don't like the shop that much, if one out of every ton, 10 times you drove by, you just took a moment to stop, park in their parking lot, walk in, say, hey, look around at the things you might be interested in, you've at least confirmed that you still do not appreciate the shop. You may have confirmed that they don't like you or that you don't like their personality or something. But at least, again, keeping in mind that we want all these gun shops to exist, at least you've been a, par a car in their parking lot. And it's a different car than what the regular cars might be. The people that do hang out there all the time or their employees or their regular customers, right? People are used to seeing some cars in a parking lot. 
you may not realize it, but your subconscious is realizing that you've seen that car there before. So when you see a different car there parked in a different way, that car's parked in a parking space that would normally be that yellow truck, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that lets the world know, the casual non-gun owner know that there's some, some action going on in that building. And maybe they don't even know it's a gun shop, but maybe they see that, you know, your vehicle is there and it does seem a little different than normal. They glance over to confirm or to verify and they see, oh, that's a gun shop over there. I never even knew. You know, and now that's in their head that there can be gun shops in their, their, their area without them even being worried about it or concerned. So I think that there's lots and lots of butterfly ripples. There's lots of little so, subtle consequences to uh, checking out shops. Again, even if you didn't buy anything in that shop, even if you only went in there and confirmed that you don't like them that much, you gave them a equivalent of the little heart on the social media platform. You gave the, the, the equivalent of a question, an open-ended question on a, on a social platform that they have an opportunity to address or answer, right? It's a, it's a pleasant, uh, polite gesture. Is that the word I'm looking for? And uh, I'm encouraging people to do that in real life. Why? Because I got nothing else to do and because, you know, it's the night crew. DJ drops this all the time. Raindrops, river, flood, tidal wave, seas can change. See, here's your problem with this one. First off, raindrops, okay. River, no, lake. So raindrops, puddle, river, right, lake, I guess, but like raindrops accumulate and then they start to flow. And then you go river, flood, tidal wave. That's violent and catastrophic changes that are happening violently without anybody's ability to stop it, which I, I guess what you're going after. But I would say in a more, let's not scare the shit out of people way, raindrops, lake, or raindrops, puddle, pool, flow, trickle, river, ocean. And then that way it just is kind of, you know, you're, you're thinking of the gentle stream and then you're thinking of the eventual filling up of the ocean, right? But you're not necessarily scaring the crap out of people that don't even like guns. That's just my thing. Every time you say tidal wave, I go, ah, tidal wave. Plus that's a heck of a lot of raindrops. If we go from raindrops to a puddle, to a stream, to just a flow, flows cut. Rock, like they cut lines right through rock tsunamis like g23 saying tidal waves and floods they might move a boulder they might disrupt pull a boulder out of its socket and disrupt and maybe some you know just you know, expose some gold or something underneath you know there might be something even good about it but a trickle over time that'll cut right through solid rock you know what i'm saying so there's a lot of being like water stuff that's applicable here, but uh, whatever. We can go off on tangents. Tsunami. Good evening, everyone. Nice. That goes out there. So we got an Echo G23 gunmetal guy jumped in. I think we said Wesley before, but if not, Wesley's out there. And, oh, then earlier he said no audio, so thanks again for that. So, yeah, I went for about 15 minutes here with no audio. But it's because I had to yawn, and I went over to a commercial, and it didn't come back smoothly. Again, if I had a, I'm not saying I need an army of interns, 
But if I had a bunch of interns doing all the little petty work for me, I could just sit here in some sort of an easy chair with a microphone, sipping on drinks and blabbing, and it would all be done better. But whatever. There's a Patreon link at the bottom. If everyone who listened to this sent in $10,000, I would have enough money to get one intern. One intern, just saying. It would be $70,000, and I would get one free intern, and then a big couch to sit on. And then, see, I would get a couch instead of a chair, because then you could have a bunch of dogs sit on the couch with you. Uh, all right, let's get back to it. So I was ranting or riffing on gun shops because we're about to talk about two gun shops that I respect, two gun shops that are in the effort, in the, in the, in the era of all the stuff that's happening and all the stuff I've already mentioned and all the stuff you didn't hear when I was off air and all the stuff I've bitched about in the past. These two gun shops are still out there getting a Second Amendment message out there in a effective way and well at least toby in a very optimistic way uh and i would say the machine gun nest in a very effect well i very said effective so like in a very direct way like they're both effective but they're effective in different ways so the first one we'll talk about is the machine gun nest that one was just earlier today and stephanie does these updates over there and they have some other people that do stuff I've uh, been a big fan of the machine gun nest for a long time. And now that they've been doing these legal updates, it's just better than just as your typical gun shop. So they're, they're next level. And like I say, product produced well, they're on point. And uh, this one is another good example. Um, basically comparing the stuff that's going on in Canada right now. So obviously there's a lot of things we could be talking about and you know, we only got so much time because, you know, the things are coming. We know there's more coming and we know we have to react to the things that are on the table. And if we react to them in a like, well, I guess it's time to work on whatever's in front of us. Right? We're going to get slaughtered because they're going to throw a lot of stuff at us. We also don't want to run around like a bunch of dumb spaz kids. So we got some challenges. We got some ways to work together and stuff. And I really like the way that uh, they're able to present new or present additional issues that may be new to some people and offer them in a very con concise five minutes without being a bunch of repeating themselves, without being a bunch of hype or drama. They're not selling anything. I don't even think they mention the shop. So they're using their, their soapbox the soapbox that was created by their good business practices and being a gun shop that people respect and go to, right? Um, then they do these 2A focused, educational focused things that they don't even need to plug their own shop. And that's got capitalist balls, whatever, like the version of what would, what would a capitalist version of balls be? Because that's what they got. They got the... Uh, whatever like they're just they're, they're they're looking at the bigger picture over themselves I think, I think that's pretty cool so anyway that being said this was a good one listen to it's five minutes long then uh cape gunworks is this gun shop in massachusetts and this is like a one hour video that i'm linked to here 
Toby, the host or owner of the shop and co-owner of the shop, host of the show, also takes over uh, a Q&A portion of a different radio show on Tuesdays. So there's an opportunity to listen to Toby or Cape Gunworks twice a week, once on his own show that records on Wednesday, which is a radio show being recorded and they stream the recording or while it's recording, they stream, I should say, onto YouTube. While it's recording as a radio show, they're also paying attention to the live comments and they interact in a very uh, uh, capable way. Like they know what's going on and they don't get flustered. Very pleasant, very interesting. And Toby's optimistic without being, uh, you know, dull, like dumb. And he's also pessimistic enough that he's aware of what other people's concerns are. I think he probably may be a factor of living in Massachusetts all that long. He's really good at uh, understanding both sides of our divided community or not divided, but you know, we have a people on both sides or issues on our community and Toby's able to address things in ways that doesn't really offend anybody really well done without being like a politician and saying nothing he's able to say his point but he's he's aware of both sides of our community's positions on things so he's able to state his point which can sometimes be you know one or the other but he states it in such a way that he shows that he understands that he's not agreeing with the other position so it's it's a really good show Really encourage people to check it out. Um, he's also learning, and he's not the kind of person who says he knows everything. So you're, you know, he's rigid. Very, very fun to watch. Very interesting to watch that one develop. And it's, you know, super experienced. So, so you're watching somebody develop who isn't inexperienced. You're watching somebody experienced just get better. So it's a whole nother level of interesting. So that was two gun shops one of the gun shops does a radio show and next we're going to talk about a radio show that isn't a gun shop so see how i transition those that's what a pro would do in their second putting up their segments so now we're talking about gun owners radio which is uh kind of the south or the san diego gun owners is a organization a 2a a second amendment or a uh, gun owners rights group in california gun owners radio is a offshoot of that and gun owners radio goes live on sundays in the evening they record their radio show straight to the radio and then they stream the youtube as it's playing so they're listening to the youtube and you can kind of get the pace of their show and you could probably say some things at the right time with a guest in a way that you could probably be on the show but they're not interactive with their text. They're, they're watching it, but they don't necessarily go interactive with it. But it's nothing else on Sunday night, and it's authentic. It's real. You're seeing the whole, like, behind the scenes of the radio station, which I always think is fun. And it's a, is it an ensemble? Is that the way I say it? There's, like, three dudes and a kid, uh, and they each bring a different angle. And then it's three dudes that host the show and then some kid who's either somebody's nephew or something. And then they have people that show up like the one other guy has a nephew that has a quiz portion or a stump the guy who knows everything kind of segment. 
So they have some other people that show up like on the regular who I guess you could say are part of the show. Anyway, I'm first learning it all. I know they've been doing it for a while, but I've only noticed that they've been doing it on YouTube for a while. So uh, I appreciate it. You get to learn about the situation in California, but also the struggles, you know, having a, and I appreciate all the people from California who participate in here, but you've got to, uh, to some extent to, mo you know, to, for all purposes, you've got a no-win scenario. Unless someone has lived in California or can understand what it's like to be in California, people just tell you to move. People tell you it's your own fault for living there. People tell you you get what you deserve. You know, so being in California in these chats, I appreciate you. But there's nothing you can do in a chat that's going to get a conversation going unless there was a chat with all people from California and they dominated the chat and they talked about California. I guess that happens occasionally, but they don't do that. You know, they just don't have that impulse, so they don't do it. Therefore, it doesn't happen. And therefore, we don't know nothing about California for the most part. We hear like a California angle once in a while, but we just don't know about California, right? We just know of California. This radio show gives us a chance to get more information about California because they're very California centric, but they do talk about national stuff. But it also lets us kind of experience what it's like to have just all people from California and gun owners just hang out and talk to each other. So I, I do value that section of uh, that, that portion of it too, that we get to see some of it's almost all front. It's unfortunately, it's mostly frustrations, but we get to see the frustrations without them having to somehow describe their frustration all the time. It sounds like you're whining if you have to constantly tell everybody about all the different in, in, uh, infringements you got to deal with. But at the same time, when people from California can have a conversation and they all have to kind of pause and look at each other because they all know that they're, you know, talking about, oh, we got to have like a 10 day wait for that or that's going to cost us because that's not on the red roster. You know, there's some things that when you listen to the Californians talk to each other, they have to deal with and they don't normal. Some of the stuff they take in stride, I guess, because they're so whaled on. Uh, they don't even bring up in regular conversation because they'd be constantly bringing everything up. So we only hear about the worst stuff in California, typically, from people from California who join the rest of the world. When Californians talk to each other, you just find out about all the all the horrible stuff. Anyway, so that's an interesting thing to listen to. It's, it's available every Sunday right after Eye on the Target radio. And I don't know where it fits in. I think it's actually right on top of Locked and Loaded, but Locked and Loaded's been out doing stuff, so... Now I'm watching other stuff on Sundays. I'll be going back to watching Locked and Loaded once they start uh, pro, uh, posting shows again, of course. Now we get The Reload, which is a blog slash podcast slash research organization. I think it's these two dudes and then maybe this girl, but I think it's just these two dudes. And they present about an hour typically with an interview, so maybe half an hour or something of an interview, and then maybe half an hour, 40 minutes of an interview, and then maybe half an hour, 20 minutes of these two guys talking about whatever research they did that week. Their research seems to be completely fixed to news of the day, but because they do a good job of doing that research and then bringing people on with both sides of the playing field, uh, they offer something that nobody else is doing, but this week I got a but. 
they're very new. So they're victims of being young and new. And we'll talk about that here, I guess. So this week they were talking about the NRA annual meeting and then the fallout from all the emotional stress that's coming out of the Texas uh, atrocity. And they posted this a few days later, so it wasn't reactionary. All right, I'm yawning. I'm going to try to do another commercial here and guzzle a bunch of coffee. Hopefully I don't come out of this muted again. Tonight's episode, The Ripoff. So we do stuff on Wednesdays on the Daily Gun Show. Here's DJ to tell us about what we do on Wednesdays. Wednesday, Firearms in Film and Entertainment. Every Wednesday, we take a look into the future and back again at movies, books, magazines, games, and even podcasts, videos, and memes. There's a tactical quiz, and we'll take a look at Instagram posts that feature the hashtag Daily Gun Show. All right, I guess if I don't fiddle with it, it'll unmute me at the end. All right, so... So these guys were talking about, oh man, I'm yawning. I guess coffee doesn't work that fast. Start yawning again. Okay. Um, they're talking about the stuff and they do like for an hour. I don't know if they intentionally just do an hour worth of segments and then they segment it up or if they do an hour and then chop it into segments. I haven't really watched the segments enough to know if they're leaving pieces behind or if it's just cookie cutter. Either way, who cares? They do an hour video-ish podcast, whatever, interview, whatever it's going to be, and then chop it up and post those separate videos separate. Oh, come on. It's like I'm having a yawning fit. When I yawn on here, does it make everybody yawn? Does that travel across the internet? Or is that you got to be in the same room with people to make that happen? Like, is it just hearing me yawn? Or is it the actual having somebody yawn in front of you? Like, if I had a video on yawning, even without the sound, you'd probably yawn. Or is it just me saying yawn a bunch of times? What if I'm from Europe? That's how they say John. Hey, can you get yawn over here? See what I'm saying? So we're talking about these guys and they're new. So in this video, they say some, I'm going to say it, heinous shit. They say some heinous shit. I don't think they said it intentionally. And when I said something about it, he responded in such a way that I either read it incorrectly or he's backpedaling. Either way, I don't care. He's a kid. Um, but he goes, oh, what'd they say? Something like, I don't want to get into it, but I wrote here in my notes, Messaging from the gun community. At times, this has been addressed for years. Wait. At times like this has been addressed for years now. Oh, wait. Messaging from the gun community at times like this. I didn't put the quotes on there. Very good. This has been addressed for years now from various and multiplying facets of gun owners and industry. When addressing these topics, it can be useful to be aware of the work already done and the created content and examples that are now available as a resource and guide. 
and I probably, I don't know if that came out, but I was kind of not stoked that these guys are saying, I think that's both of them, because this was in there, this whole thing was response to fewer questions. So I'm assuming they had all the time in the world to respond to these things and write them and verify. So I'm saying both of them. Then they did put up those seg sections of it. And one of the sections was called, how can the gun community come up with its own solutions for mass? And I'm going to go ahead and say murders because that's our word. So I wrote, we have a lot of solutions in our community with years of time on the clock. Here is a partial list. Faster saves lives, DC project, a girl in a gun, armed women of America, which used to be called the well-armed women, NAAGA, National African American Gun Owners Association, and its local chapters all over the USA. So, and North American, Afri North, wait, North, North American, African American, wait, whatever the hell it is. North American, whatever it is, they made that organization not so that they could have like a black NRA, I don't think. I think it was so that they could have an organization at a national level, which would unite and facilitate the clubs at a local level to better get information, FFLs, training, awareness, and reach to everywhere to all the country, right? So uh, that's why I included, and it's local chapters, because that's a massive footprint. That's a massive, awesome project, and it's brand new since 2015. It's done most of its growing in the last few years. Walk the Talk America. Come on, man, do I need to say more? 2A for E, the diversity shoot. You may not have heard of that before, but that's a thing. Uh, AAPAGOA, which is the uh, Asian Pacific Islander, oh shit, the American, no, uh, the Asian Pacific Islander American Gun Owners Association, I think, and then Firearms Trainers, of, uh, Trainers Association, the FTA, which is firearms trainers getting together to, to, be a voice for firearms instructors, which is actually a whole interesting, super interesting thing. Operation Blazing Sword, that's LGBT thing. Uh, at least six student firearms owners groups that I'm aware of over the years. And then Black Guns Matter, Maj out of Philadelphia. And then Kid Safe, which is, um, I don't want to say the wrong name. His name is Derek. I was saying Dexter for some reason. I guess I got the D's mixed up. So Derek out of Oregon. And that's a partial list. Seriously, I could go on and on and on. I went super slow so I could mention each of these things. So that's sort of what I'm doing right now. But to suggest that how can we come up with, it should be like, here are the solutions that the gun community has come up with in the last seven years. Quite big ass exclamation points. And it's incredible. I would accept that as a title and that as a segment. So researchers, and they're taking my money. I'm paying them. I'm okay with that. I like what they're doing. But come on, man. I don't like this one at all. Not at all. 
Okay, so then we get to Professor Yamane. I haven't mentioned many of his videos because I don't get paid by none of these people. If they're not putting stuff up that I think is worth putting up for the week, I don't put it up for the week. This video is him bragging about his 20th video, and that's worth putting up, right? You're allowed to pat yourself on the back and recognize effort that you're putting in and contributing to the everything. This is not just contributing to the community. It's contributing when you create content in 2020, 2022, yeah, you're creating content for yourself and for the community today, but that information is going on the internet and it's becoming part of the accumulated information that's existed throughout time and will continue to exist. And you're part of it now. It's like you've created a piece of, you know, carving on the uh, pyramid of the internet, right? The, there's going to be some hallway in somewhere, somewhere that's got your participation in here. And you're allowed to acknowledge that and to let others know that you've got an accumulation of uh, experience and uh, archive out there. So I definitely wanted to say thanks to the professor for contributing and being part of what he is and then creating, a, doing that to, so that he created his project to be in a position to then be what we're going to talk about next and other things. But to put himself in a position where he's, uh, a, what's the word, like uh, looked to and asked to be an expert on the uh, issues. Uh, you might go, oh, I don't like that guy talking for gun owners. You know, you know what you can do? Roll up your effing sleeves and do better than him. Just write a, he's only written like one book. I know people that have written like six books that don't get asked on these kind of talk shows. So it's simple, roll up your sleeves, write one book that's better than his, and then you'll be the one getting asked on these talk shows, probably, it's pretty simple. But anyway, he's the one doing it. And ugh, this one again, it's, I'm glad that they're on our side. Uh, they're new, and you can't expect a novice to understand nuance, right? So they don't. And there are being asked to represent gun owners. And what you get is you wince a little bit. You, you, it's like you've been cutting onions or like you're sucking lemons or something. It's, it's a little tough sometimes, but I'm sure it's like that for parents when they're watching their kids do stuff for the first time and they do weird things. So this guy didn't do bad. It was just horrible watching whatever the hell Newsy is. So Newsy must be like the anti-gun news channel. So they start out with this question like, like, so when you started buying murder weapons, you know, did you decide to murder? Like, it was just the worst question. I forgot what they said, but it was a bad question. So they started out framing the question with handpicked statistics. That was a warning. They ignored the rise in violent crime that's also associated with the disarming only the law abiding in Australia and insist on focusing why we don't do what they would like to see rather than actually evaluating the consequences of what they would like to see. So they basically had this guy on to say, why don't, do you agree with us that we shouldn't have guns like they have in Australia? And also since Australia is so good because they don't have guns, do you agree with us that we should not have guns? Like their, their questions were bad and their, uh, position was bad and watching these horrible evil robots that look kind of like a human say these things is creepy it's just super creepy 
Uh, then the last one is their casual and disinterested reach for other people's rights is telling and offers no reason to respect their position. So I'm being a dick, but seriously, they look like fake automatons reading a script and the fact that they would read the script, which is basically the police should have all the guns. Why would anyone want the guns when the police should have them all? How could anyone read that for any amount of money? It's just a shitty human thing to do. So it's difficult to watch that. Again, Professor Yamani is the one that's willing to go on there and hang out with those folks. So kudos. And I really, 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 really encourage you, if you don't like what he's doing, to do it better. Because I don't like everything he does either. But I ain't going to fucking do it. So if you don't like what he's doing, please roll up your sleeves. Write a book that's better than his and get on these dang news shows. Otherwise, it's him or Pincus. It's all that's going out there. And then, yeah, no, this guy. This guy, it's not Jake. John? No. Steven. Steven was on some radio show last week or some kind of fake news thing that the cable news or whatever they call it. He was on one of them. You know, I'm not going to bitch. These guys are doing stuff. One, why aren't they calling females? They're all sexist. That's right, because we got way better females. Seriously, I'm sure each of these guys would agree, too. Wait. That guy would definitely agree. That guy would agree. Yeah. Both of these dudes would agree. And probably Pincus, maybe. I don't know. But that we got girls that would do better than both of them. Definitely better than both of them in the, the interviews that I've seen here. But they did pretty decent. I'm not bitching. Uh, that in mind, everybody could do better. And if you can do better, please do it. I'm not even being sarcastic. Like, seriously, we... If we had more people than the news knew who to call, we'd be in a better position when they only have one or two people that they call all the time. All right, let's keep moving. We get to the, all right, I'm not going to bitch too much. The Realize FAC Concealed Carry Fashion Show. I don't know where the branding is coming from, but they need to put some branding in there. So basically we're talking a concealed carry fashion show. Uh, this was at the NRA annual meetings and exhibits. And this was on Saturday night, I think, or was it Friday night? Does anybody remember if it was Friday or Saturday? It'll tell us if I looked, but I think it was, Friday. I don't remember it was one of the nights. Uh, it was pretty good. It looks like a lot of people had fun. It looks like the Second Amendment Foundation sent Paul to do it, and he did it alone, and he did it without any kind of monitoring the audio equipment. So it's unwatchable. It's unlistenable. Definitely watchable. It's it's in a bad position, and you don't really – you see everything, but you don't see anything. Does that make sense? You're aware of everything that happened, but you don't actually get to see anything in close-up, really. But – by all, you'll know it immediately. You can't listen to it. It's horrible. But turn the volume off and put on the closed captioning. Then just read what happens because it's just, you know, it's bad product or whatever, but it's still an interesting project. And a lot of good people are there participating. And that's what part of the community is, the evolution and the contribution and the participation of all because anybody can say we're diverse we have a lot of people blah 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 virtue signal all they want but then actually having events that bring people together and showcase the 
fun everybody's having, which indicates, you know, that actually people are hanging out with each other and they're not just hanging out like in a, some kind of commercial and then everybody's separating again. Like this kind of event at something like NRA, because it happens everywhere, but when it happens at NRA, you know, it brought a bunch of people together and it happened in front of big cameras because Mando will do the fashion show at other venues, but those venues don't get the cameras. So one of the consequences of doing their concealed carry fashion show at the NRA meeting this year in 2022, after the stress and cancellations of prior years and of all the exploitation of the atrocities that happened this year, is somebody who was anti showed up and covered the show and someone else from a different language attempted to cover the show with a mistranslation of words which you know it's interesting but it indicates that a lot of cameras were there seeing it that wouldn't normally when it's at a smaller venue so thanks to amanda for doing the fashion show now for many years the fashion show started with lauren's our um lauren hartnett's aunt in new york years ago and have now went through amanda and lots of the new gun owners who are females who aren't waiting around for anybody to invite them or uh wait for to be asked are just having all kinds of fashion shows again at different venues and get-togethers all the way down to youtubers just doing it on their thing oh let's see what's happening over here oh let's see so DJ was throwing all the links down. DJ is uh, often doing that extra effort. It lets the people that are listening to this live, uh, if you're not familiar with one of the organizations, grab it and run off with it and save it or whatever you're going to do with the link. Uh, or you can uh, grab these when you're listening in the future if the chat replay is in there. Uh, but then, you know, for a little while, it's creating links uh, from the internet over to these organizations, but also when I click on them like this, it gives me a chance to show them up on the screen like this so that they become part of the permanent record, even for somebody that's just watching this, perhaps. Uh, but then again, thanks for doing that. He's doing all that on a phone, like crazy handicap, in my opinion, to do it that way, but he likes it. And then, uh, let's see, news is a bloomy property uh that is a thing on the west coast we have chocolate covered espresso beans oh we have those in tucson that's just a thing but they're gross and nobody eats them i think that's why they're not around anywhere uh a rose garden portland let's see sorry i thought bloomberg but it's discovery channel owner scrubs oh you were saying you're it's not actually a bloomberg thing that's interesting. It sounds like a Bloomberg type of thing. They sounded like they had already made up their minds and they brought this guy on to verify. And once he didn't say exactly what they wanted, see ya. Get out of here. Uh, Scripps Network Interactive. I've never even heard of that. So it's probably fake. So if I haven't heard of it, it's fake. I have no idea what that is. Uh, let's see. No, sorry. See, I don't know what he's talking about. Let's see. We have way better females representing the 2A. Yep. There's Echo. Hola. Um, okay. Then everybody 
finish the saying hey to each other. So we're caught up with the text chats. One of the benefits of being here live is you get to say hey to people and participate in the poll. So let's go over and check out that poll. We're asking, how was this or how was 2A this week? So we got 10 votes so far. Looks like three for great, three for good, three for bad, and only one for okay. Hmm. All right, heading back over to, we're about halfway through, so this is definitely better without getting after corked. Right now, Gizzard would be gizzarding me by about 16, maybe 20 minutes even, because sometimes he doesn't even wait for the whole top of the hour. He just goes live whenever he feels like it. Starts making his rooster noises, making that like thing with his feet, so I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, this is way more comfortable not having all that happen right at the end of my show. All right, so next we've got Clover posted. He alluded to the fact he was going to post some video of this concealed carry fashion show. And, you know, Clover was actually paying attention to the microphone. But problem is he wasn't paying attention to the camera. So most of the time he cuts off most of the screen. So I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe one day he'll practice pointing a camera at something. The hell? So he's claiming he's going to fix it. We'll see. Maybe he's going to do some kind of magic. But he spent two hours talking to this guy, some guy from California who is a gun owner, but, right? He's like a FUD. He's like, I am a gun owner, but I don't know nothing about guns. And also, throw him under the bus. What do I care? He's not really that bad, but uh, he's interesting. So it's two hours. If we go in over there and looked at it, you'd see that uh, unless Clover deleted them, I had put in quite a few timestamps because they said some things and because there was a lot of stuff going on, there wasn't, it wouldn't have been appropriate for Clover to try to split off into every tangent. So here's one from one timestamp. Here's one from another, another, another. So it looks like I had one, two, three, four, maybe six or something different points. It's probably worth doing an entire video just addressing the points. Now, whether or not you're going to watch the entire video beforehand, that's up to you. But it might be interesting to do a video of just those talking points because this was uh, unique. And I can tell you that after, can I say decades already of watching Second Amendment conversations, this one was unique. Like you don't see the topics that come up in this conversation very often at all. Scripps owns Newsy, a totally different billionaire that hates guns. Huh, that's good. Sick of the one billionaire all the time. Other billionaires, I'm not so bad. They're not so bad. So next up is Clover talking to Tony Simon. They went live for, what the hell is all over my pants? They went live for an hour the other night, and uh, you can check that out. Something is all over my pants over here. I don't know what it is, but now it's all over my hand. Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Let me wipe it off. Hold on. Every time I white go to wipe it off, yeah, it's doing it again. It's getting on me in a different place. So, ugh, this ain't helping. I ran out of paper towels that are normally right here, so. I'm having to use my pants as my favorite towels right now. All right, so uh, Tony was on with Clover. 
Now, will Clover be on Tony's podcast? It's called Tit for Tat, ladies and gentlemen. Tit for Tat. Um, next is Gun Owners of America. They only compromise once in a while. And right now they're offering a, a five-part five series on uh, the ATF and their keeping the 4473s and stuff. So I'm distracted by whatever the hell was on my pants and then got on my arm somehow. And I just had this like cartoon version of trying to wipe the thing off of my arm onto my pants. And then every time I did that, it would somehow wipe right back onto my arm in a different place. Anyway, uh, I think it's gone. Now we're down to, so he, they just posted part two. So they posted part one, maybe last week or maybe just earlier this week. And that one was about the fact that it existed. And in this one, oh, this one talks about this, some of the, some of the specific laws that it breaks. So first they talk about that it exists. And in this new one, what specific laws it breaks. I really like the idea of doing a one or a five part series on this so that the parts are digestible. But I think I'd rather see them all together and then as pieces and i don't know if i need them to be once a week does is this called serial serializing when you chop something up and give it out once a week so that people have to stay tuned you know like uh i don't like that like if, if there's information and you've got it offer it if there's information next week then go figure out what it is or take a week off but i don't need to have my information rationed to me because stupid Al Gore decided that's a better you know way to massage the logarithm so I'm not digging that part but I like the part that they chopped it so I'd like to see it all and the pieces both all right next we get to eye on the target radio which happens on Sundays uh, they don't tell us the time in here but I think it's right I think it goes Eye on the target, and then Gun Owners Radio, and somewhere in there is when Locked and Loaded goes live. I think that's how it happens. And I default to watching Locked and Loaded. Everything else is second. This one was, they had all been at, where were they all first? They all had been somewhere, and then they went to NRA. Where were they before this? They were at, okay, I can't remember. Anyway, they went to NRA, and this was sort of the day before NRA. Oh, wait, did they go to NRA and then they went some? No, they went to somewhere and then they went to NRA. So this was the show from Sunday of, oh, no, that's what it is, I think. they were. This was the show after NRA. The show before this was oh that's what it was this the show before this was everybody was at the mingle talking to each other and this one is after nra and they're sort of doing a recap so it's like two hours and they got charlie with them i don't think i listened to all this because it quirked something or something so you got the eye on the target which is amanda suffolk and her brother do a radio show every weekend we've got Tony definitely, you know, te technically does 
uh, some stuff that gets broadcast uh, or is part of a radio show, if I understand it right. Then you've got Gun Owners Radio, and then you've got Toby, who is on his own radio show and covers other radio shows. So lots of radio show stuff happening this week. All right, so after the Eye on the Target radio show, we got The Bullet, which is another one from Polite Society podcast. I just put it in here. I forget why. We got the early bird takeover. So Gizzard's just, I don't want to say falling down on the job because chicken doesn't really fall down. It just kind of sets there. But definitely brooding, right? Gizzard is brooding. He won't leave the nest. He's uh, sitting there, even though there's no eggs underneath of him. He can't tell him. So... At this point, uh, Foss has been doing what he can to keep the shows going. Barbecue, who refuses to show up for this show, uh, was also filling in and taking over for Gizzard's uh, neglect of his own channel. But uh, Gizzard was at the NRA show, driving all around, and then hauled butt up to uh, Defense Dad and Travis P11's Thunder on the Prairie shooting event that's happening this weekend. So Gizzard hauled ass down south, all the way to Houston, did a coverage and all that, basically turned around and migrated all the way back north of his own place up into Nebraska. He was posting over on uh, the Instagrams earlier that this is the first time he's ever even been in Nebraska. So all those people that thought that DJ had gone down there, grabbed Gizzard, and manhandled them all the way up into Nebraska before letting them catch and release, letting them go. That must not have ever happened because Gizzard is claiming this is the first time he's been in Nebraska. Uh, Smeggy's been hosting Smeggy Caves. Once you, we mentioned earlier about Every Second Matters. If you were to go back and take a look at Every Second Matters and who participated and who contributed to the project over the years, Smeggy's consistent, quick uh, videos uh, are or evidence of what an individual can do. So he would go live for years, go live and on the second of the month, go over to the FPC website and just talk about what's on there. You know, the take action page, he would describe what's on that take action page. He would go to Gun Owners America, click on the uh, act now, and then describe what they're considering is the most important things. And then he would shut the show down. He wasn't looking for a bunch of this or that. He was just archiving and you know, making awareness. I should say he was making awareness and what he's created is an archive. If a researcher, if someone who wanted to understand firearms culture or the gun community, they could literally go back and check out Smeggy's videos and get a bunch of data because he's covering a bunch of different things consistently over those years. Um, I'm dropping off. Likely see Gary today or tomorrow. Gizzard got here on his own free range. Uh, here's the good news. I ordered new internet today. I got sick of this internet, and I'm, I got new internet coming. I'm already signed up. The equipment has been next day aired to me, they claim. But since I ordered it on a Friday night, I might not see it till Monday, I'm guessing. But if it gets here earlier, guess what I'll be doing? Use a new internet. It's cheaper too. How about that? Saving like, maybe I'll be saving 30 bucks. We'll see what the taxes and shit are like, but maybe saving 30 bucks on my internet. 
and it should be faster. It's wireless though. So I don't know if I like that, but the kids seem to like the wireless. All right, so next up, guess what? We're going to talk about something that has nothing to do with YouTube because YouTube's kind of sucks butt. YouTube is facilitates a lot of this, but what does this do, right? This is a lot of time, a lot of talking, but what gets done on YouTube? Very little. So where does stuff get done? Where does the rubber meet the road? Where are those boots on the ground going in a direction and carrying enough resources to accomplish, right? Where are the people with an ambition and uh, an awareness and a motivation and a willingness to go with somebody, right? Uh, may or may not have done something similar to that. Then uh, we're talking about the Arizona Citizens Defense League and we're talking about a newsletter. So this is the kind of ridiculously old-fashioned printed thing that the eight that the uh azcdl sends out and they've been effective for years and doing stuff like this sending out a newsletter to you know other people that are probably used to seeing the newsletter and then all the other people that are too good for watching newsletters are going oh this is what a newsletter was like so let's take a look at it i'm going to zoom in a little bit i kind of wanted to zoom through so you could see we're just really looking at a piece of paper uh, that would be printed on both sides that is four pages long. So it's like two pieces of paper on both sides, really, uh, which they used to send to us in the mail. We used to get these in the mail, right? Except they weren't color because they didn't spend the color money on color printing. So this one says uh, volume 2022, issue number two, May of 2022, Arizona Citizens Defense League membership newsletter, protecting your freedom. And on the left, we have a column that goes through the president, the VP, the secretary, director, and, and Charles Heller, who's the media guy. Then it has some resources, their website, which they describe as having the goals and successes of AZCDL, legislative updates and court cases, membership, online store, and links. So basically describe their website as if, oh, I didn't know websites could have this stuff, right? Like, I don't know what they're thinking, but they're printing this out on a piece of paper, so somebody probably doesn't know what a website is. Uh, need help accessing the website, you can email us and we'll help you to get to the website. So do you think they put that in there because they're like, I'm worried? Or did they put that in there because that many people go, I couldn't find the website or I don't know what to do with the website. I don't understand the website. They put this in here for a reason. That's interesting. Uh, you can contact them with another email address. You can contact them with the telephone and they have, of course, a picture of an old-fashioned flip phone with an antenna. And you can uh, contact them with a P.O. box here in Tucson. So that's weird as hell to me since I thought they were they were based in Phoenix. But they give you a little table of contents. And then it looks like the main page, the main portion of the first page is bills in limbo and bills in play. Good bills still in play. Looks like there's actually quite a few of them. Then... Uh, the left column of three, the one, the, the left uh, third column gives the conclusion of the uh, bills that failed. And then we get some other, wait a minute, this whole thing is the article. Nope. Then there was another second article on page two here about concealed carrying on campus that takes up the other two columns written by Charles Heller. Uh, it's actually going to be pretty interesting. I wonder if... Uh, 
it's been a little while since Charles was on a college campus to, for school. So I'm wondering if uh, how that's going to be. Um, oh, good. That's good to hear. Because this has not been too good to me, for sure. So let's see. Then uh, we've got the announcement for our AZCDL annual meeting. It flip-flops each year from Phoenix and Tucson, because we have two cities in Arizona, and uh, flip-flops. This year it'll be up in Phoenix at a fancy hotel uh, for five hours, and it's usually pretty good. They have people show up and say stuff, and then you eat, and you get to hang out with all the people that are in AZCDL, see who's there. There's usually some kind of silent auction. Pretty fun. Uh, let's see. Also, it's an excuse to go drive up to Phoenix. And for some people, hopefully an excuse to drive up to Phoenix, rent a hotel, and hang out. Spend a little time, eat a late breakfast, drive home, you know, wherever you're going, north or south, at your leisure on Sunday. And then leave a little money in Phoenix. Leave a little money at that hotel so that the next time somebody says, hey, can we have our Arizona Citizens Defense League meeting there, they'll go, heck, yeah, you can. How about a discount? Because so many people stayed over. We think that we'd rather have you here than a couple extra bucks in our pocket. Or maybe they just say the people that showed up at that event were such a high class level of sophistication and panache or whatever words are that we want you to come back. So it's free from now on. Please come back here. We'll pay you to come back here. And then by just going up, going up there and showing up in a tuxedo and being classy, leaving your little pinky out all the time, you could affect that kind of change in the world. So just keep that in mind. Let's see. Then we've got let George do it right. If you love that AZCDL is busy protecting your rights, it's time to volunteer and be a part of our mission. Why would you possibly put a comma and then the word it's over here when you could have just as easily hit return and let it's start this sentence over here and let people read this a lot easier? But whatever, they can do their titles on their newsletter however they want, I guess. So you get Duke over here. This is the reason I actually opened this thing up and spent so much time on it is so that I could sneak up to Duke's article here so if you've ever been to a gun show in arizona you've met duke before he's a um consistent foundational pillar of the arizona citizens defense league especially at the meeting at the i'm gonna say at the gun shows having the uh, booth set up uh duke will talk to everybody and you know it's been fairly effective getting people to join the organization by in under by letting them know what Arizona Citizens Defense League is all about. So I think I'm just going to read this because I got nothing else to do. Uh, most of us, this is Duke's two-column article here with just two pictures in the uh, this month's issue of the Arizona Citizens Defense League newsletter. Most of us remember when and where we joined Arizona Citizens Defense League. We went to a gun show. We saw that big blue and white banner. We walked over to satisfy our curiosity. What's this protecting your freedom thing all about? There sat an older guy, a stack of newsletters, much like this one, some other literature, a pile of sharp looking Arizona flag themed stickers. Maybe you spoke to that guy, asked enough questions to determine the organization was not only on the level, it was probably the best chance of maintaining your right to keep and bear arms at the state level and hold up a flashing red light to infringements at the national level. Let's say that again, just in case nobody heard that in the back. Maybe you spoke to that guy, 
asked enough questions to determine the organization was not only on the level, it was probably the best chance of maintaining your right to keep and bear arms at the state level and hold up a flashing red light to infringements at the national level. That's the kind of dude that hangs out at gun shows here in Arizona. All right, next up, he says, maybe you took a look at the literature, read it, checked out the website, and came back to the table at the next gun show, either to ask more questions, to find out just how your rights have been stifled, or maybe to join, taking advantage of the gun show discount, of course. Maybe you still come by the table to pick up a new shirt, a bumper sticker, or just to shoot the bull with whomever is manning the table. But wait, this time there is no AZCDL table at the show. The familiar faces you've seen for years weren't at the last show. What's happened? What's happened is that for the most part, the same people have been manning the tables for almost two decades, and they're tired. They're burned out. In some cases, they've shuffled off this mortal coil, shuffled off this mortal coil, and haven't been replaced as new volunteers haven't seen fit to step up. Maybe they've assumed we grizzled old farts would be around forever and that we keep doing what we've been doing and life would just go on in the way it always has. You think the AZCDL has done a good job over the past 17 legislative sessions? Do you think in a state with over a million gun owners, we should be content with a membership of barely 2% of that total? Do you think having our ever diminished number of tables staffed by old white men is costing us as a whole spectrum of potential members? If you're a member who believes in what we've been doing damned successfully for the past 17 years, if you have a few hours on a Saturday or a Sunday and think, George, who's been carrying our tables for what seems like a lifetime could use a break, then volunteer. Step up, whatever your age, gender, ethnicity, or size of your gun safe. We need your help. Think about how much others like you would like to talk to someone just like you. There are people who want to take your rights away, no matter what you look like. If you're talking to like-minded people, if you like gun shows, if you think your right to keep and bear arms is worth defending, contact Duke, and we'll train you for free. Take another commercial here real quick. This is what we do on Tuesdays. To a Tuesday, we focus on a different state each week, taking a look at their firearms laws and history. We also feature a gun owner's rights group and take a look at their background, focus, and successes. All right. So, yeah, Duke's a hell of a good dude. That's uh, super on target. Uh, added, uh, article there. Uh, looks like the dues have increased for the first time in 17 years when i got my life membership it was 300 bucks so now it's up to 500 i don't know if that's a big deal or not but you know i 
things go cost more. So printing costs more. Tables at gun shows cost more. I'm assuming the level of membership fluctuates and they try to anticipate, you know, where things will be and what their budgets are. I've worked with a couple of different organizations now in Arizona, and I can tell you that the Arizona Citizens Defense League does not wait, waste a fucking penny. They do not even consider wasting a penny. So, and I'm cheap. Like, there's no way they're wasting any money. I did not even hesitate being a member of the Arizona Citizens Defense League. Uh, let's see. And they give all kinds of discounts. So I don't know what they even charge money for when they're giving you discounts all the time. They're going to have some elections. Then they mentioned the gun rights policy conference coming up. So as much as I'm going to give everybody credit, I've been their media director for a while. I know everybody. I'm going to hold their feet to the fire too, because what the hell. So it goes Second Amendment Foundation's annual gun rights policy conference will be held September 30th through October 2nd in Dallas this year. Several AZCDL officers and board members have been invited to speak at the conference, including President and Foundation President, uh, which is Cheryl and Dave. Uh, since its inception in 1986, gun rights policy has grown from 20 speakers, 70 attendees, to 120 speakers, and 6,500 participants in 2021. I'm not going to read the rest, but what the hell? 6,500 participants in whose crazy ass fever dream did 6,500 participants even, I don't think 6,500 people on the planet even know what gun rights policy conference is, let alone like maybe 6,500 have ever showed up ever altogether. Like there's no way 6,500 ever happened last year. Come on, man. So I don't get that number. Maybe if it's a typo and it meant to say 650, I would still dispute it. But 6,500? Come on, man. So anyway, I like their stuff and I'm a big fan of the organization, but I think they're exaggerating that number by a lot. All right, so G23 is taken off. Echo's taken out. Or no, you're just saying goodnight to him. Gotcha. So let's see. All right, so then we're going to go to Chris. Is Chris out there still? Did Chris come around? He's uh, actually uh, doing his thing out in Vegas this weekend. Uh, but he's been posting these shows on Wednesday with G23 as a co-host. And, yeah, knocking it out of the park. A lot of people showing up, hosting a fun conversation. Uh, very cool to watch that project go. Let's see, then we get... I just posted a link to this one just to be able to talk about it. So earlier in the week, whatever the hell Newsmax is, it's some kind of fake internet news or something. And then it had these people on with um, uh, Jared from Guns of Gadget and the Arm Scholar. And, you know, these are good people for making videos, but there are better representatives for our position for real and they ain't these dudes who are a giant on youtube in front of other dudes who like to watch youtube uh if it was possible for dudes on youtube that are big to change anything it would have been done already trust me it would have been done well you don't have to trust me go verify it go look it, it would have been done already there are giants on internet on youtube that have done things what's his face the millionaire went to 
DC and said stuff. If their magic presence would do anything, it would have been done. Nothing's happened. We're in a position today because they suck and they do nothing. So they, Jared brags about the stuff that he does and he does a lot of good stuff, but being on TV is not the wheelhouse of YouTubers and internet researchers that are part of the organizations like Arm Scholar. Uh, again, we've got people, chicks, girls, ladies who are way better at this that literally take themselves to school. They literally teach each other at the top level how to do what these people just casually did not do good. So everybody should know their role and they should have said, oh, you want me to be on TV? Pause for a second and then go grab one of those ladies who's nearby and shove her in front of the camera, give her more coverage, let her solve the issue and let them see how diverse we are or whatever they want to say. So yeah, this I just put in here to Again, nobody's paying me nothing. I like Jared. I don't have a problem with that other guy, and I don't know who the other people are. But that just was, you know, earlier in the week. We have a lot of stuff going on, uh, optics and whatever. Let's see people not jump, do everything that's offered to you. Just because something's available doesn't mean it's, it's the best opportunity. Sometimes it's better to go, nah, and it's always better to go. Let me get a girl who's going to be able to do this better. And put her in front of the camera. All right. Right on. Echo saying he's still out there. Now I get it. Uh, let's see. Next. Uh, it doesn't matter what y'all are talking about. Theoretically, the option I went with, one of the dudes on the gun website shooting team already has and works. And it's worked here. So we should be good to go. I did go. I just didn't do it before because I didn't want two things but now i'm ready to drop the thing i have and just switch to that other thing because he can't shut up about how great it is and over there they've got multiple people using it for dumb shit like video games and stuff so it should be fine for me with my dumb shit because i don't have any video games going uh let's see so then we get uh, that so then we get the military chunk of it i don't think there was anything from uh team uh from Mike Ritland this month or this week. So we go to Memorial Day. We had a couple of Memorial Day tributes. One was from Combat Story. I thought it was pretty respectful and well done, as you can assume it would be. But it was the a section from each of the, or not each, but a bunch of his different interviews um, uh, about some of the folks that they'd left behind. And I thought that was super cool to, you know, have the, uh, just go back and, and use the stuff that we'd all experienced and do the montage. Very effective, very respectful, I thought. Then there was uh, the Tactical Rifleman, who is a massive channel. I forget how many, oh, 697,000 subs, almost 700,000 subs. He's well over, you know, he's, Definitely running towards three quarters of a million on his way, or I mean, three quarters, yeah, on his way to a million subscribers. Uh, legit, actual dude, and 
like this, just putting down on the internet in front of everybody for free, thanks to, I guess, the coffee place and his Patreons, just actual real life stuff. It's amazing stuff. So this was uh, a, a really cool 90 minute conversation. And then it's authentic because they're right in the middle of it. They got a phone call like, hey, you're supposed to be over here eating. So they cut it off and went over in there and started eating. So just a really cool uh, thing. You can watch some stuff that's out there that's fake. And then you can watch this. And you, now you know what's fake when you watch the stuff that's real. Uh, then we get to combat story again. And this was a conversation with two ladies who were she civil affairs cultural support team and and then the other lady was female tactical platoon the ftp which is a bunch of ladies that would go with uh basically delta and teams into you know houses and when they would get a bunch of ladies that didn't haul ass before they attacked or because they couldn't uh they would get those ladies separated and get intel and, and really do a lot of cool stuff these interviews uh, talk about some facets that have literally changed my mind on having females in combat for this type of situation. So uh, this is an opportunity to hear from the, the I don't know her name, I guess, Farida, uh, the, fact, the, the female tactical platoon, though, from one of the ladies that, a girl, she's young, uh, that uh, trained and then executed quite a bit of operations over there and then had to deal with the whole evacuation that was poorly handled. And they always talk about our, our friends and the allies and assets that were left behind in addition to the tools and garbage, you know, the, the metal stuff that was left behind, the humans that were left behind. Uh, and it's a, a cool story to hear about the females, our females from the United States that went over with the cultural support teams, which is an interesting layer between like got one foot in CIA, one foot in in our, uh, uniform army, but in special operations. But anyway, it's a bunch of girls, and hearing from them about their stories was really cool. Uh, from you hear about them, and every once in a while, like a single lady will come on and talk about her experiences. But in this one, hearing about their like just from both points of view, I guess, hearing about their, their, uh, some of their adventures, but then also the whole idea of how the ladies that work together from both parts of the world during the global war on terror, then work together to bring those ladies, uh, out of country over to the United States. Then they figured out once they brought them here, Hey, you don't live in wherever Afghanistan anymore. You need probably a little help uh, figuring out the United States. And then they did that and they're successful. So this is the melting pot. And that means melting of a bunch of shit. And this is an awesome uh, shining a light on an awesome segment of it. And you can't know you, there's no way you can know the life story you would never know by looking at a little attractive girl the kind of insane stuff that she's experienced and done and what she's capable of it's laughable so watching this kind of stuff is awesome to find out just how crazy amazing people are and the kind of assumptions you shouldn't be making when you just see somebody eating a weird omelet at denny's or whatever um 
super neat conversation and super difficult to understand. So you get to experience what it's like to talk to somebody who speaks any of the Middle Eastern languages who's speaking in English. You know, get out of your comfort zone. And this is a great opportunity to do so with a topic that's inspirational. That was the the military stuff. Uh, there probably might have been more, but uh, it can be difficult sometimes on Memorial Day um, for lots of reasons to listen to too much of that stuff. So that's the samples I'm putting out there. Uh, then we've got our stuff. We throw our stuff at the end here. We probably did other stuff besides this, but we had uh, Rob on from Tusk, the Universal Settlement Coin. The goal was to continue talking about the idea of the evolution of the internet. And of course, cyber uh, is a part of that. Cyber money and cyber economy and stuff is a portion of that. But you know, without closing everybody, closing their eyes and ears because they hear something that's technical, just think about, you know, if we stopped paying attention to guns when they became revolvers, like, oh, how many chambers? Six or five chambers. Oh, my guns only had one chamber and now they move. <gasps> oh, around in a circle. Oh, my goodness. And I have to use this new self-contained cartridge. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I'm so used to shoving the bullet and everything in the front. It's like I'm reloading every shot. Why would I want to use a bullet? Think about how many bullets people use. Like these are the kind of garbage FUD things that went on back in the day. And if we would have leaned into that waste of time, we would still be sitting around with like black powder, right? So at some point somebody decided, let's try out this revolver. And then that gave people the ability to go, let's try out that semi-auto pistol, which eventually gave people the ability to go, let's try out the whatever's next, right? The aluminum frame pistol or the plastic pistol or the pistol with a stupid cheater dot on top or whatever it happens to be. So the idea is to think about the internet that same way, or at least that was my goal with the show, to think about the internet that was created back in the days when we had phones that had long distance. So that means if you wanted to have a school over here and a school over there that had really expensive computers in them, this computer had a printer and that computer could draw graphics, but neither computer could do both. And we can't afford to buy the other computer. They're super expensive and they're as big as a car. So is there some way we can connect the computers and use the printer and the graphics together, even though they're in different places? And that was interesting. And some people started, started to think about that. But then they thought, we can't just run a giant wire. What if we use the telephone system? And what if we use the telephone system and it took eight hours to make that connection, that would cost a lot of money in long distance. So what if we chop all this stuff up and then send so many little local calls along the way with these little bits of information and these little packets and these little protocols that it doesn't matter how many jumps it has to make between local phone calls, we'll never have to pay long distance. And it might take a little while, but we'll save some money in the long run. Well, all that is literally the beginning of the internet. And all of that is because they had to make phone calls. And guess what? Now we have cell phones. Do you think there's any wire in any of this stuff? I mean, there's wire somewhere, but they're not like they used to be. And there's definitely no long distance. A lot of people don't even know what that means. And uh, there's you know lots of different factors that the internet is not the same internet it started on. Restricting ourselves to use the old-fashioned copper line internet is stupid. It doesn't it doesn't need to do that anymore. We don't need that translation. The 
the things that were done in the olden days to work with Ma Bell and its baby bells don't need to happen anymore. So there's a lot of people that have already started to remove some of that stuff that was the underside of the internet, the, the part where the interface was to the ground below it. If you had a train, you could have to wait till there was train tracks. At some point, people said, we got an engine and we got a transmission and we've got the drivetrain and we've got suspension, right? The only thing we don't have is autonomy, right? But if we pull this thing off the train tracks and put a steering wheel on it, now we don't need the train tracks anymore. Well, that's what's happening with the internet. You don't need train tracks anymore. We got cell phones. We got other things. We got the infrastructure. We don't need that those wires. And that was sort of my point. I wanted to bring Rob on and talk about that and go through some different angles. With that in mind, whatever the next is, who cares what it is? You don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I just know that there's a difference and I don't want to not be there or not be ready for it. So I want to be aware of what the potentials might be. And that's sort of the goal of our Monday shows to some extent. And to have Rob on this week, our goal was to uh, chat about some of that big picture stuff and in the with the idea that maybe some of that would help people figure out the uh, concept of the blockchain and the cryptocurrencies that the blockchain enables and an even better consequence of the blockchain, which is just a fancy way of saying a new, you know, instead of those old copper wires, there's going to be these blockchains. So does it really matter? Nah, there's some technical stuff. You can go figure it out. It's kind of like magic, but it's just a different way of sending information around the internet. And the main thing is if you don't have copper wires anymore, if you don't need that, those railroad tracks, you don't need nobody to build railroad tracks no more. If you don't need anybody to build railroad tracks no more, somebody's not building track anymore and they're going to be pissed and they're going to complain and they're not going to like it because a lot of people make steel tracks, right? If all of a sudden we had hover trains, there's a whole bunch of train track people that ain't going to dig hover trains as much as everybody else. And that's sort of where we're at with the internet. Big chunks of the internet do not like the idea that we don't need big chunks of the internet anymore. And as much as they're going to cry and complain and suggest that it's wrong, they're eventually not going to be there. And that's the conclusion. That's the, that's the eventuality. You're, we're not going to need the big chunks that we used to use or we used to need. And the potential there is more than just disruptive. It gives the individual power, trust, and uh, privacy. And those are things that have been difficult to achieve. And that's why we needed big entities to give us the trust and the privacy. When we can achieve that, you know, really amongst each other, it changes the way things are. And cyber currency is a uh, factor, a facet of that, that is worth exploring. So we spent some time. So thanks to Rob for that. And I got a couple of people that said they, they got something out of it. So hopefully it was worth uh, digging in again. And I'll continue to do it. I guess I technically get paid by Tusk. It's not official, but I have some Tusk now that I can use. I haven't used it for anything, but appreciate that. So I don't want to suggest that I don't have a uh, skin in the game. I've got Tusk in the game at this point. I don't actually know how much it is because I didn't look yet. But, you know, I'm trying to figure out the wallet and stuff. So they threw some at me so I could look at it and, you know, kind of get used to, instead of having a wallet, have a wallet with stuff in it. But, you know, in transparency or whatever, I do hope to get some Tusk at some point. But at this point, I'm just uh, enthusiastic that we've got,
someone who's got their uh, gaze on the future and their mind on how we're going to get there. And that is in the gun community. Like Rob is a gun guy. He's familiar and aware of the reasons we're gun people. And he's got all that incorporated into this Tusk business plan and technical buildup. And to the extent that he's able to be have any influence or wield any power over it, he's doing so in our direction. But the nature of this stuff is that one person doesn't have the uh, control over it. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And uh, we'll see if anybody else comes along and you know, attempts to do something similar in this realm. Uh, because you know this is happening in music and this is happening in cars probably and other areas of interest so at this point we don't see any others that are putting any real effort in on the gun side or the second amendment side but that could change real quick right then we've got the last thing tonight is our uh conversation with with uh night strike i think he might have been in here earlier but uh, mike came on he had just got his 3d printer got it set up it was printing and then I could see that he had a camera hooked up to it, which, you know, he's lording that over me because I wish I had a camera. So I still haven't located a cheap Raspberry Pi. I'll be grabbing a Raspberry Pi at some point and hooking up a camera to mine. But uh, we went live and talked a little bit about his printer and what he's doing wrong and what he could, you know, and mansplained ways he could do better. And then uh, he told me about that uh, Raspberry Pi slash camera he's got going with the thing called Octoprint which is like a free software you put on your Raspberry Pi. You set that right next to your computer. It's plugged into the printer. So it becomes a, kind of a printer server or a brain, an additional brain, a controlling brain for your printer. And then you just have to talk to your Raspberry Pi over some sort of wireless or some sort of a permanent cord. And then you talk to your Raspberry Pi. It controls the printer. Now you put this Octus print software on the Raspberry Pi and it, uh, how would you say? It's sort of like a, a mod. It's a, it's a, it's a hack for the 3D printer and lets you do things with the printer that you normally couldn't do, or it would be very difficult. And uh, one of the things that it'll allow you to do is have a camera that's uh, working with the printer, so that the printer is aware of the camera and working. What's the word? Like in. Uh, um, dang, I couldn't think of the word. Like, you know, in, with in coordination, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Like, you know, they're working together. So the, for example, it'll take a still picture and then let the thing print. And then right before it takes the picture, it'll move the head over to the right, almost out of the way of the frame or usually out of the way of the frame. And then the picture, the camera will take another snapshot. Then it'll let the printer start printing again and it'll print for a little while and it'll say, okay, I'm going to print, take a picture again. So that print head will have a chance to move out of the frame of the picture. Then it takes that next snapshot, you know, a couple of rows later, it goes back to printing. It interrupts and says, Hey, I'm going to take another picture. And you can set the parameters there. If it's going to be every row or every other 10th row or whatever, I think. And what happens is you end up, stitching together all of those images that it took and turning it into a slideshow slide slash um, 
infographic type of thing. So pretty neat. Yeah, pretty much. I couldn't think of the C word. I was thinking like a hundred different C words. It's getting, I'm getting tired. So uh, that was a conversation with Mike about the uh, printing, and I'm sure we'll have more because he's kind of new to the printing, so he'll experience uh, stuff. Basically, your printers work great when you first get them. My experience, I've got two now. And both of them, well, no, the one was brand new, thanks to, thanks to Daniel. But uh, the other one was a refurbished, but that brand new one, you know, they print great right out the box. And then things start to go different, like things will wear, things will get tight, things will get dirty, things will get snagged. And, you know, you start to see errors and you start to experience how to understand the feedback from the machine. Like I'm just looking at this print right here on the screen. Uh, we're using a 3D printed patch project that we came up with. And this one was uh, one of the blue shades or hues or whatever. And you can kind of tell from the non-perfect lines that something happened here. And it was probably when my extruder was uh, breaking and it was given these kind of weird smeary looking inconsistencies in the prints. And uh, it turned out that there was a... Uh, Oh, the motor pushes against to create tension kind of gave way and the motor had nothing to push against. So it just sort of eventually failed completely. But I think it was starting to have less and less ability to push out a consistent thread before. All right. I'm definitely getting off tangent here. That was talking about uh, 3D printing, which we have a whole nother show. You can go watch about that. So with that, I think we're going to end this one. That is the whole week in 2A it took me two hours because I didn't have to rush through without being after corked by Gizzard. I'll go through here and check out the poll first. So we've had a live poll going throughout the show. 15 votes. It looks like uh, at this point, five votes coming in for a great week for 2A. Five votes came in for good week for 2A. Five votes came in for bad week for 2A. And then we're talking, oh, maybe I did that wrong. Five, five, and five would be 15, so that must have been four, four, and four. That means we had two votes come in for okay week, and it was actually five votes, not four, for a great week for 2A. Uh, I really think it was a great week, so thanks, everybody, for voting. You, you know, There's no right or wrong answer, but uh, if you are one of the folks who voted bad week and you're not kidding, you're not just being negative to be negative, there's certainly people out there that do that. Um, if you really do, or if you really are concerned, I really do encourage you to, that's tough to do, but talk to other people that have been in the game as long as me and ask them if they're also noticing that the tactic is old, the strategies, you know, the tactic that of bringing out a whole bunch of stuff at once, that's old. They've done that before. It's a typical thing that those that are insistent on blaming our property as the ills in the country and our decision to own the property is some sort of an indicator that we should be marginalized. Like that kind of garbage crap comes out on a whim or not on a whim as a reaction. It comes out to exploit uh, atrocities. Almost every single time an atrocity happens, it's like the, you know, and reflex action, they come out to exploit. And, uh, 
well, there's lots of facets here. So if you're getting frustrated, there's people that have been watching this for a while. And if they're truly honest, if they're truly paying attention, if they're truly aware, because it's possible for somebody to just not be paying attention. I don't want to say everybody's pulling something over. But if they have been paying attention, they have to realize that the other side is bringing out the same old playbook, same old, same old strategies that we've seen every single time. The only thing they're doing any way different is pulling them all out at the same time and putting groups of them on the table together and having different people or, you know, a couple of people help this one, a couple of people endorse this one, a couple of people campaign for that one. But it's not, we have so many people here, we, you know, we have to divide it up and, you know, hundreds of you go here and do that. Hundreds of you go do this. They don't have so many people that they can say dozens of you go do this, dozens of you go do that. Instead, they have dozens of people, period. And they probably got multiple dozens of issues that they've either uh, claimed they're going to fix or whatever. So get guns and persecuting guns and the decision to own guns and being gun owners is is an old tactic and one that they pull out whenever they can realize they're going to get points sometimes they pull it out out of reflex and they don't even realize they're doing it being especially after a tragedy they're not thinking clearly nobody is it's a horrible time the fact that their reflexes to fundraise and to point blame at a specific item that they have always hated is telling, right? But it is, you know, not the only conclusion to all that. And it is, you know, even if it is the conclusion, it's not illegal to hate something. Uh, so anyway, there's going to be people that are going to um, continue to focus on the division and people that are going to focus on the fact that the other side has got a whole bunch of things in mind and they're not going to focus on those things that never pass. They're not going to focus on, they bring these things up every time. They're not going to focus on lots and lots of things I could use as counterpoints. And that's all I'm getting at is if you really truly voted on that poll, that you really do think that it was a bad week for 2A, then realize we don't get better from being lazy and having everything easy. We need uh confrontation we need to defend things in order to appreciate in order to gain skill set we have opportunities this week this is not a strong opponent a strong adversary that's capable and has anything going on their side they literally are jumping at an opportunity to exploit an atrocity because they're desperate to have people not pay attention to pick a, a thing there's so many things. It's been it's been uh, they've been mocked as a uh, you know the 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 pity the political party in power, and the individuals representing them or you know in positions right now are being mocked constantly for the number of things and the quick rep the quick succession of things that they continue to bring up as the most important thing, the thing that's critical, the thing that's going to change our future, the thing that has to be addressed now, the thing that's going to cost so much money, why would they stop right now? They're not stopping. They're, we're sitting here and they're bugging us and, and we're under their microscope and it's getting hot because the sun's out and they don't care that they're burning us. But they're about to look at something shiny. They're about to be accused of something. They're about to be offended that something didn't happen enough or it happened too much or it didn't happen yesterday or it did happen that day you know what i mean they're going to find something that to be united against 
and we've got to ride this out. We've got to get better at having conversations when people are stressed because you're not going to have that conversation weeks from now when they're stressed about something else. It's possible that the antis will continue to harp on just one issue. What would be an indicator that that would actually be the case? Not the fact that they're so sure they've come to a better conclusion. The only reason they would double down and continue to pursue this is if they saw a conclusion that's beneficial for them, meaning they saw actual victory or some kind of political victory in the fight and loss. So we can not pay attention and they'll claim whatever they can and win no matter what, or I guess we can understand that there are things we can look at that have happened that give us some indication of what we're, where we might be at right now. And again, I'm not trying to change your mind or nothing. I guess I just want you to open your mind and remember that the people that are telling you that there's only nothing to win, that there's only failure and misery in front of us, what the hell do they know? What are they actually seeing? Go find, go talk to somebody who's seen misery. Go see, talk to somebody who's not just seen misery, anybody can see misery. Talk to somebody who's signed up to deal with misery, been assigned to deal with misery, and then waited around in misery for some length of time, at least a, you know, an enlistment or a, a deployment or something, whatever it's called, either in the State Department or in missionary work or in volunteer work or in healthcare work or in community service work or in religious, uh, whatever that's called, stuff where people go out and do things for others, or military, what the hell, or you know, some of these military uh, adjacent things. And talk to somebody who's done it, been there, right? Even if it was a long time ago, even if it was something that doesn't completely apply, and you're gonna find that people don't tend, once they've actually seen the worst and they see what it actually takes to stop the worst from happening, or to make the worst a hell of a lot less bad, those people don't spend a lot of time sitting on a couch eating Cheetos and pointing at the TV and agreeing or disagreeing with what they're being programmed with, right? Those people are not doing that. So there's, there's people out there that are doing the opposite of getting scared and being worried. And I guess that's all I'm ranting on. If you're truly concerned, please take a look at some of the stuff that's out there with an open mind, realize that nothing is, it's, I'm not ridiculous here, nothing's going to make all these things go away. What makes all these things go away is determined effort and consistent, unified effort on our side, which shows that individuals, free individuals, with a, who value the things that ensure that freedom aren't to be messed with. So the only thing that's going to make them go away is, is doing things that are whatever, easy, little, just consistently, and uh, have some fun with it. If you can't uh, have fun with mowing the yard, then you're going to always hate Saturdays. You're always going to think Saturdays are a chore. Once you enjoy it, once you can figure out things about it that are fun and that give you something to look forward to, the difficulties and the little stuff is minor. And I'm not saying we have to be delusional and like the bullshit that we have to do. But what the hell? We get to do it in 2022. We get to do it with stupid. Now we don't have to do it with fax machines and 
stupid answering machines. We can do it with uh, emails and social platforms, which might be frustrating, but it's like, oh, it's so frustrating to sit on a couch and have marshmallows. You know, it's that kind of frustrating. It's not, oh, it's frustrating because, you know, we're not able to do things. It's just that it's a little bit more complicated or it's a little bit more distracting to do some things that are super easy or facilitate, super easy to facilitate nowadays. All right. Give us a movie to watch, something really good. So uh, in general, I just got done watching the new Top Gun, which I don't like that one guy who's the main guy in Top Gun. I think he's weird, but I liked watching Top Gun back in the day. And I don't like anybody in Top Gun, actually. Maybe the one guy who died was okay, the guy in the back seat who died. So this movie is about the guy in the back seat who died, had a kid. And in the movie, they set the kid up on the bar and sing a song in front of him. And that's a big part of this movie. And then that kid who is sitting on the piano was there singing a song right before the guy dies or whatever. Um, it's like the pilot and his co-pilot or whatever that backseat guy is called, navigator or a weapons guy. I don't know what's in the backseat of Air Force planes. But uh, in Top Gun, the first movie, right, the one guy in the front, smash, you know, something happens and his friend gets killed. Well, that friend gets killed has a little kid in the movie Top Gun. This movie is about old man, Top Gun guy, whoever he is. And then that kid, that little kid that was sitting on the piano is all grown up and just happens to be the best pilot the Navy has or whatever. And then there's some undetermined enemy, which we never get told. And they're just black airplanes with black pilots with black visors. So we know nothing about them other than maybe it's the country where Snake Eyes comes from. And then... Uh, it's the stupidest movie ever. They just trained to attack in a volcano, explode a volcano with missiles for some reason. And then I didn't really pay attention. But the rest of it is pretty good. Um, I really thought it was going to be stupid and, and lame. And it was probably only 10% stupid and lame. The rest of it was like really exciting. And here's the thing. I was going to watch it and not pay attention to it. I ended up watching it because it was super good airplane stuff. And it's, you know, it's happening. You know that, you know, who ain't going to lose, right? And you know who ain't going to win. But guess what? It was still fun to watch. That one, I don't know if you got to go to a movie theater or what. So that one doesn't really count. So if you're talking a regular movie for today, that you could, let's go to YouTube and watch it this way. I'm, since I'm already here on YouTube, I'm just going to open up YouTube again. And then if you type in, I don't know the best way to get there. I think they're oh, not even connected. If I go over to the left, there's probably somewhere over here that would uh, be, you know, say movies or something. So I'm just going to type in free movie. And when you type in free movie, it'll take you to YouTube's movie thing. Go in there. Problem is there's movies that cost money over here and there's free ones. So I just go straight to the free ones and that's all I care about. Oh, I guess, okay, here it goes. It's just taking some time. So we got Maverick, one of the best movies ever. Damn, dude. We got Red Tails. Holy shit, that's another good movie. Red Tails is about uh, World War II uh, aviators. Maverick is about... Uh, What's his name? Mag, um, 
It's about uh, Rockford Files back in the days of the Cowboys. Die Hard, one of the Christmas movies. Uh, Anaconda is about a snake. I don't know if I've seen that one. Mask of Zorro is super boring. It's about a sword. Joe Dirt, people like that movie. Uh, Old Fashioned King Kong. I don't know what Tourist is. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite is funny. I haven't seen these movies. Um, Paul Newman and Ombre. I don't think I've seen that one. Passengers. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, crap. The Princess Bride. I never, I've only seen this movie once, but holy crap. You can't even go online without people telling you about this movie constantly. I do not know why people like this movie so much, but some people love this movie. It's their favorite movie. I thought it was a girl movie my whole life. And then I find out that dudes are watching this movie and it's their favorite movie. So that movie's free now. Mission to Mars. I'm sure I've seen it. I just don't remember it. I hate this movie, The Passion. Then there's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That one's really good. And that's free. So Elvis Blue Hawaii. Gotta like an Elvis movie. And if you don't, then you probably haven't seen an Elvis movie. Then you got Jackie Chan First Strike. I don't know what that one is. Um, Out of Time. That one's pretty good. That's uh, Dude is, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure Dude's a cop. And his ex-wife needs money or something, and he lends her some money, then something happens, and then the people that needed the money or the money like came from the feds or something, they come down to look for it. I think it's that one. And it's a kind of a it's not a comedy, but it's not they don't take it super seriously, and it's sort of a mystery, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Banditas, how many people like banditas? So that's uh, What's-Her-Face and that other lady who are cowboy girls. And that's a freaking pretty good movie, actually, from back in the day. Uh, it's probably sexist or something. So if you haven't seen Banditas, Echo, I don't know, you might like that one. Um, let's see what else do we got. I think I liked Major League, although I don't know nothing about sports. I think the first one was funny, so I don't know if the second one is good. Breakout. There's a Charles Bronson movie called Breakout that I don't even know if I've ever seen. So that's amazing. Eye for an Eye, a new Chuck Norris movie. Holy crap. So I don't know which one Eye for an Eye is either. So there you go. Eye for an Eye, Chuck Norris movie for free on YouTube. Um, let's see. I don't know what these are. Bloodsport? Holy crap. Bloodsport is, uh, see, back in the day when I was a young kid, at recess, we would have these fights to the death. And it became uh, the stories about our fights to the death and uh, ended up, we didn't know this, but they ended up going around the whole world. And eventually the stories uh, were uh, told to enough people that somebody heard them and turned them into a movie. So this movie, Bloodsport, is basically a fiction of what it was like when I was a little kid when we would fight at lunchtime. Um, let's see what else do we got over here. Biodome is a shitty movie about the biosphere, which is in Tucson. 
So that's a really bad movie about it. Danger Close? I don't know what that is, but something about that cover makes me skeptical. I don't know what any of these are. I'm just skipping past a bunch of ones. I don't know what they are. Holy crap. Adventures in Babysitting. So I happen to know that DJ doesn't know who the hell Rebecca, what is her name? Something Shoe. Elizabeth Shoe. DJ doesn't know who this is. So is DJ fake? Nobody even knows anymore. If DJ doesn't know who Elizabeth Shoe is, come on, man. So Adventures in Babysitting is a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, then go nuts. It's basically... I don't know what to call it. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, what's that movie? It's um, it's like Home Alone mixed with, um, the, the, I can't think of what's his face in the uh, Indiana Jones. Dang. Sort of like an Indiana Jones, except that she's Indiana Jones is a babysitter. And, and then it's a little bit like Home Alone also. Rig of Fire. I don't think that's about the guns. Bigfoot, neighbor at the window, beyond the reach. A lot of these I don't know of, and some of them that I have seen are not worth mentioning. Let's put it that way. So I'm not really bringing up too many that we're whipping through here. There are some weird things now. We're getting into probably low-budget movies by now. Those IP Man movies were pretty good. At least the ones I've seen. Oh, a police story movie? It says new police story. I don't know what that's all about, but police story Jackie Chan is pretty dang good. Um, Heat of the Night movie? The real movie Heat of the Night is pretty good. This, I think, is a Heat of the Night off of the TV show. I don't know if that's good or not. Uh, Ninja Masters. I don't know what that is, but it's about ninjas, so it's probably good. Oh, I think this is just TV specials because there's another one, Heat of the Night. So if you want to watch like what our grandmas watched back in the day. Mercenary for Justice. I'm pretty sure that's a good one. Anytime you got a movie cover with somebody with their fingers on the trigger, you know that they didn't give a shit about that movie. I'm pretty sure Mercenary for Justice is a good one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's one of the rare movies you're going to find a uh, Romanian G AK in the movie. I guess I can't touch it because it would copyright me or whatever because it's a movie or whatever. But uh, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's hard to remember every Seagal movie, but I kind of remember that name. And if it is the one I'm thinking of, there's a scene where he's running around in like a quarry with uh, basically a built up Romanian G kit, you know, at the, the, foregrip and everything you almost never see those in movies and that was pretty fun also had a uh there was a it was a specific one i can't remember the name of it anymore but it was a specific one that had a folding stock and he just throws it down he gets he runs around and he gets like down this like thing he gets shot at and he just throws it down i'm like uh 
of all of the things. Hopefully there was a nice cushy mattress or something underneath of it. A lot of these I've never even heard of. Some of them I've watched a portion of and then I quit watching it. Especially when they're like this, where you're not paying nothing for them. I will not watch a movie just because I started watching it. I will definitely leave or quit. Jet Li, Legend of Red Dragon. I'm trying to remember that one, but Jet Li is almost always good. There's a lot of heat of the nights in here. Oh, snap. Contract Killer is one of the better movies out there. So Jet Li and Contract Killer. Again, uh, there was a time when I was boarding with some other people. And there, uh, in order to make some extra bucks, I did some contract work. And they made a video about that, a movie about it starring Jet Li. It's hard to watch because it's so much like real life for me. Maybe not for other people. But that's a pretty good one. Not his best movie, but top three for dang sure. Maybe even second best movie. I don't know where they come up with the order to put these things in. They're certainly not uh, alphabetical. I think Cell was okay. It was a little weird watching What's-His-Face, John Cusack, be like a thousand years old. But it was, uh, I think it was an action movie. I don't want to say it's good, but it was a movie. Here's another one. Uh, Rockford Files is a sheriff back in the old days. Support your local sheriff. It's like a comedy with Rockford Files in it, so it's good. Fake Outlander. That's pretty ridiculous that they have this in here. If it was real Outland, then I would say watch it. No way. Outland and then... I can't think of the name of the one with the swords. But Outland has nothing to do with swords. It has to do with semi-auto shotguns in space. It's uh, James Bond being old in space with a semi-auto shotgun. He's not really James Bond, but I can't think of the name of the guy. That's a good movie. Another IP man. I really like Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Uh... Definitely worth watching, and if you're a fat dude or a fat lady, you might want to watch this, and it gives you insight into one strategy to uh, change your chemistry, I guess, or change your metabolism kind of thing. Uh, and then it's done in an interesting way. A rich guy from Australia comes to the United States, drives from New York to California to do this diet and to do stuff, and he's driving... I guess in an attempt to not be tempted if he was just sitting at a hotel or whatever. So that being said, it's, I think, a lot of good data, a lot of good insight, a lot of good uh, success stories in there that uh, are worth checking out. I really like that movie. Food, Inc. You're not going to want to watch this one unless you're open-minded to what's going on with food, but that's an interesting one to watch also. Legend of Long Ranger is pretty good. It's not great. But it's worth watching on a Saturday. I don't know what the package is, but if it's got What's-His-Face and this other guy and a Steyer Og and a 1911, well, it can't be that bad.
Already it has to be pretty good. Oh, there's all kinds of IP movies. So watch the IP Man, the first one. IP Man is the guy that trained Bruce Lee. So that's a movie about the guy who trained Bruce Lee before Bruce Lee came around, I think. Or maybe he comes around at the very end of that movie. I forget how it works. That's actually pretty dang good. These are the weirdest set of movies. So here's Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. They were making fun of this the other day. But, uh, yeah. What's his face? Boris Karloff? Sort of a uh, weird comedy uh, disco, not disco, but like beach party movie. You might go, why do they have this weird cartoon here? That is the cover art for Destroy All Monsters from the 70s. So that one's worth watching. First off, it's Godzilla versus all the other monsters. Uh, all of them. So it's worth watching. And then also Godzilla's little kid is in it. Remo Williams. Holy crap. That one's still up here. This one's been up here for more than a month. So definitely worth watching Remo Millions if you haven't before. I really like it. So they have a lot of Godzilla movies, and it looks like they're all the new titles. So hopefully that's indication that it's all good and go again. Uh, Break Hard Pass is okay. It's not his best movie, but it's okay. Man of the East is not good. I don't know what the hell that movie's even about. It's the strangest movie ever. Uh, I think it's supposed to be teaching a lesson, but if it is, it's a stupid lesson and it's not easy to understand. Uh, UHF is amazing. If you haven't watched that, Hudson Hawk is pretty dang good. I don't know if everybody has an opinion on Hudson Hawk. Uh, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo is... Uh, a, a movie that must be seen at least once to understand it and you'll be watching it often if you dig it and if you don't then you probably weren't born in the 80s Brannigan is pretty freaking amazing I've definitely reviewed that one a bunch of times it's good to see that it's still up here so it's John Wayne as a city cop in the in the Europe in the 70s doing whatever the hell he wants with a 44 Magnum Really cool. Not like violent, just like, leave me alone. In my country, I can carry my 44 Magnum. And I don't have to wear a tie. It's pretty good. Mecha Godzilla, giant robot lizard. Come on. A Led Zeppelin, Dazed and Confused. I didn't even know that one was up there. Uh, Special When Lit is a neat, these documentaries about tech and the gaming uh, evolution are always cool. This one's about pinball. It's pretty neat. Wow, this is still a list. Usually there's an end to this list. This one is not ending. So I'm passing a bunch of comedies, another bunch of video or uh, music type of things, like concert things. And then I spoke too soon because now I'm at the end. And if you notice, all of these old Godzilla movies are around. With the person is like the 90s remake of or like rebranding of the old 70s and 80s movies so it's sort of like the edited first versions of star wars that came out a million years later with some edits 
It's kind of like that, except I don't know if they edit it at all, but they may. Oh, snap. Raise the Titanic is a very good movie. It's a, another good one. It's like a action-adventure type of mystery. Holy crap. So I don't know, Echo, if that gave you any help, because that was, I thought this was only going to, sometimes it's only like two or three scrolls. Like you scroll down once or twice, and you're at the end of the free movies. There's a lot of free movies in here. Um, I think there's a bunch that are worth watching. There's no way I'm watching Die Hard, even though it's a big one in here. Red Tails, I haven't seen in a while, so I'll probably watch that one. Um, this was at a time when they just started doing CGI, if I remember right. This was not new or anything. It's not super old, but it's when they were doing CGI, so the airplane scenes are pretty decent. And if I remember right, there's like a little bit of drama and stuff, but it isn't like they waste the whole movie worrying about the story and drama. It's also an action movie. So I don't know. If I had to pick one out of here, I guess it, you'd have to give me sorry about that, some indication of if you're looking for sci-fi or like a Western or an action. But there's a whole bunch of good sci-fi in here, some really good sci-fi, some really good action. There's some good mysteries in here. Probably other stuff that I don't pay attention to as much. But anyway, hopefully that helped you out just by knowing that they're, they're free on YouTube. So just go pick one. And if you don't like it, stop watching it and watch another one. And if you like it so much, watch it again because it's free. You can watch it whenever you want. Uh, let's see. Okay, UK, no guns. Enough for the dude. Uh, Rockford Files starring James Garner as Rockford. Yep. Oh, yeah, Garner. I call him Rockford Files. One of my favorite shows. Outland is great. The legend Son Connery. Yeah, exactly. In space with a shotgun and faces exploding all over. It's amazing. Oh, nothing to do with the shotgun. Space is killing everybody. Kevin Sorbo is a good actor. I don't mind that guy. I mean, if it's like swords and loincloths, you know, need to watch that necessarily. But if it's something else, I'll probably watch it. Okay, so Red Tails looks good. Yeah, I check it out. Like I say, it's one of these movies where it's definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive it's CGI airplanes, but not the, maybe not the first time they ever did it, but like the first time they did it where it looked cool and it looked good. Like you didn't, you weren't just, I wasn't distracted by how shitty the special effects were. Uh, and it was a main movie, I'm pretty sure. It has a pretty good cast of like people I've seen before. Um, I can't remember if it's the one where they... There's a lot of movies where they would go to World War II. They would be in like a mansion. Like the aviators would take over the mansion and then they would use the estate as their runways. I think it's like that, but I might be wrong. I really don't... I'm, I'm definitely now conflicting or conflating a bunch of... World War II. Actually, no, I'm thinking of one that's World War I now, I think, where they go into some mansion and like half the movie's filmed in this mansion. And I'm about halfway through the movie, I'm thinking 90% of this movie was so that they could have access to this mansion and just make a movie in here. But you know, the movie was the reason to get into this mansion type of thing. Anyhow, I'm rambling. So with that, we're done. I'm ending it. Um, can't give you one movie, but I can give you a bunch of them. 
we uh, kind of went off topic there because it's Friday night. We're doing this one late and there was some interaction with the crowd. So the show went a little bit later than it normally would. I don't really want to keep them an hour, but I don't mind going uh, over, especially if we're, uh, you know, if it's useful. Uh, on the other hand, I don't need to talk just to talk. So appreciate uh, letting me know, hey, this is, uh, um, you know, it's enough down that tangent or something, especially if I'm here by myself. But anyway, appreciate the people that might stick with us who are listening to this in the future that aren't experiencing the live stuff. That's hard to express that when the live conversation is active, um, it kind of, you know, kind of takes the direction of the show to some extent. So sorry if it was a little bit uh, off topic here or kind of bouncy from reacting to the comments, but sorry, not sorry. That's what I like doing the live shows for. So thanks everybody for showing up live. Just uh, we're aware that the people in the future might be wondering why we kind of went all over and then ended the show with a deep dive into the free movies on YouTube. But again, hopefully that gave you some idea of what you can watch whenever you might want to watch it. With that, thanks everyone. I'll quit saying thanks. Thanks to our Patreons for making it possible to do this. If you'd like to support what we're doing, consider taking 20 bucks, throw five bucks of it at us over on Patreon. That'll allow us to pay a bill or pay a chunk of a bill, and it's much appreciated. Take the rest of that 20 bucks and go check out some of the other people over on Patreon. Patreon is a social platform, and you can take a look at who we support. You can take a look at the people who we follow, I think. You can take a look at the people that we've linked to, but if you want, just search around. You can find people that you like out there that might be doing something. See what they do differently on Patreon. See what their, uh, you know, what kind of collaborative things or creative things they might be doing, and take the rest of that twenty dollars and drop it on a couple of three or four different people, so that you can kind of experience some different stuff that people are doing over there. And if you would do that for a couple of weeks, or a couple of months, excuse me. So once a month, Patreon will say, hey, give me 20 bucks. You've divided it, you've divvied it up. So you're you're investing in three or four different projects out there. And after five months of that, that's going to be a hundred bucks. If you can do it. I mean, don't spend money you don't got. But if you can do that, let me know at the end of five months if it was worth investing in content you have appreciation for. I've asked that now for a couple of years and no one's taken me up on it. It's possible that everybody's just scared to say they hate everything that they've invested in, but I suspect people dig it, that they like being part of a project that they value and they like being a venture capitalist, an investor, an investor in whatever it is that they value and that someone is building. Now, there's plenty of places you can drop money over there and you're never going to hear nothing about from it or nothing back about it, but there's lots of people that do appreciate every penny, every dollar because they're doing stuff with it and you're enabling those projects to work. That's certainly how I feel about it. So I do appreciate the people that make it possible for us to spend time like this. No obligation, but much appreciation. We'll end this with a commercial for our store, which is the gear website store. Uh, you can buy stuff over there. It also applies to uh, paying the bills to keep our projects running, the servers, the software. And the most expensive thing really is the time it takes to put into this stuff. So, uh, Again, appreciate everybody who makes it possible for us to do what we do and those that are enjoying the ride. We'll be back to pick you up later. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is free patch Friday. We appreciate your support.
thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com. So let us know what you think. We'll be watching the comments wherever you find the video over on GunStreamer.com or on GunTube.org. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourages you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching GunWebsites.com.